previously on Martini Giant. If I were were going to remake anything, I would want to uh, remake uh, uh, the show Star Blazers with Nick Nolte as Captain Avatar. That I would do. Okay. (laughs) Like some someone out in the audience just laughed really hard, but like the uh, but Nick Nolte crazy now with uh, saying things like "Uh, use the wave motion gun would be perfect. (laughs) Here's the deal. (laughs) That's a really good Nick Nolte. That's where Grandpa told me to fuck off. Remember I told you a story about <laughs> like Grandpa for the Monsters? <laughs> yeah, that's he, has, right. he had an Italian, <laughs> that's right. that's right. Italian, Italian yeah. restaurant next yeah. to John's. And hey. I remember I saw him smoking a cigar. I'm like, Monster. hey, Grandpa. He's like, he pulls up, fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> cigar back in. I was like, great. Have a nice day to you. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 27, which is Michael Mann's Heat from 1995, starring Robert De Niro. Al Pacino, Val Kimner, Ashley Judd, and Amy Brenneman. You would think that this is going to be an all-out praise-a-thon of how we think this movie is one of the greatest movies ever made. This is right up our alley in terms of the things that we would like for Martini Giant. But a few of us have a few bones to pick, and as usual, Dan is left to pick up the pieces and tell us why we're wrong. Nonetheless, it is a very good episode. Uh, I do want to let you guys know that uh, you may be thinking that you're in a time warp when you listen to this because we talk about a uh, podcast that we are that's upcoming that's already been released. That's just to explain to you that basically not all podcasts are recorded and released in order and that we recorded this podcast before we did Dead Man's Shoes with Neil Huxley. So that is why we ended up talking about how we're looking forward to doing that podcast with Neil. Anyway, just a little explanation. I thought I'd let you know. That being said, enjoy Michael Mann's Heat. Now we're recording, so get that mic close to you. You're recording now? (laughs) Yes. Oh, I was going to tell you something private, but it's fine. No, seriously. (laughs) It's juicy. I won't. Can you save it? Can you save it for, you know, remember in about three hours, four hours? That's good. (laughs) It's fine. Hey, so, um, okay, are we ready to roll? uh, I have my... uh... Oh, I got a cologne bag for you. What? You You got a cologne bag? Yeah, well, it's a pl- paper bag. I got oh, it. I went to the you. store. Oh, paper dude. bag. <laughs> no, it's, it says La Colombe. It's printed. I got oh, it at the beautiful. La Colombe store I will in Beverly Hills. This. I will charge. There's this. a La Colombe store in Beverly Hills. Yeah, on oh Little Santa Monica. This now, okay. Now there's by no my, excuse. By my They're pharmacy. Local. By my pharmacy. By Mickey Fine. They are we local. should go there and we, say we, uh, we need the number of your headquarters. Yeah, we got to take care of this business. This is really. really I did sad. actually. I was like, I got to talk to somebody about a like a branding thing possibility. Because listen to that. Oh. Man, it's just every time it gets me so excited. This yeah. is a rye whiskey. I should uh, mention this came from a guy. Do you know Jean Chalfant? Jean Chalfant. Jean Chalfant. Jean Chalfant. He uh, he's a he's a he's a pretty he's a great artist and stuff. But he came onto the podcast and he said uh, CG Garage podcast and he said he was a little nervous about doing it. So he brought a bottle of rye whiskey oh, nice. so that we could uh, chill out while we were doing the podcast. So good, dude! Look at that. Few, few, right? It's pretty good. It's strong. I don't know if you're gonna like it. It's gonna. Be, it's got a tang to it. Here, give me your glass and get a little taste. You don't have to drink any. Can I give it a little sniff? Yeah, it's it's um, just for memories. <clears throat> sure. Here you go. Uh, got it. I think almost poured in the electric equipment. Oh my god, that smells good. It's, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it smells great. It's potent here. Here you go. Yeah. Woo, man. That's uh. <laughs> That's very nice. That's a very yeah. Nice <clears throat> All, right. All right. So we are covering heat. Heat. Finally. Yes. 
It's Very been exciting. something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. Michael Mann's Heat. Michael Mann's Heat. Yep. The last time I saw Heat mm-hmm. was in 1995 in theaters. Are you kidding me? Nope. Really? <laughs> that wow. was like 10 years ago, dude. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's 24 years ago. Hello, this is Martini Giant. We're a film <laughs> podcast and we talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it in theaters. That was the last time I saw it. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it's, it, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a trend that's going on in my, my feelings of movies that are surprising. Oh yes. What is the general? What is the general trend? Um, I I have a lot of problems with heat. You have a lot of problems with heat. Yeah. All right. Let's get I to like it, it though. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. There's, de- there's there's a there's a lot that you that is likable. Obviously. <laughs> and so I've heard. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Is. I've heard it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a good movie, right? Right. Mm. I know what some of those problems are. After I, but I don't. I'll listen to your problems, and it will be like therapy, and then y- you listen to our yeah, problems. Yeah, because I, I, I think it was a little – it was like, why, why am I having problems with this movie? Because mm-hmm. I should really just love this and accept it you know, unforgivingly. Well, to- I agree with the last part, but yeah, go ahead. I'm interested <laughs> in the details. But yeah, mm-hmm. but no, let's, I think the best thing to do, obviously, you know, not everyone has seen this movie. Uh, uh, and uh, it's an important movie, and it's a movie we quote constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, it's funny. Like my kids watched uh, the Matrix for the first time yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And they were they just they loved it. Right. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I heard that's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> and Lily, her you reaction. Guys, you her, guys like the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. I like the Matrix. I, I like the Matrix a lot. The first one is. Yeah. The, the other yeah. ones are. I can. I have. Uh, I it, really like the Matrix. It would be interesting to do a podcast about the other two because the reason <laughs> the things that are wrong with those. Are are interesting to me. The the reasons are interesting. The movies are not very good. No. no, but but what was funny from Lily's point of view is she said, "Finally, I understand all those memes I've been saying." Oh my all, god, endless, right? endless. Because yes. there's so much stuff that's about the Matrix right. or images or whatever right. or quotes permeating the culture in every that, way. Yeah, and then right. Karen was saying, "Like that was interesting." It's right. like that was the way I felt when I first saw The Godfather because she right. hadn't seen it, you know, when it came in, or or when she first saw 2001, right? Because she all saw the that gags, was very, how, it's like, yeah, et yeah, yeah. You know, I saw it on The Simpsons, but suddenly. <laughs> well, what's interesting about The Matrix uh, is that it's gone through. Like, I, I, I mean, I actually do have some criticism of The Matrix. Like, I think that everything that is in The Matrix is amazing, and everything that's not, everything that's in real life on the ship, is. Is good, but not as good. Right, agreed. And, um, but the but the stuff in the Matrix is amazing. What's totally awesome is that uh, between when it came out and now, it became cheesy and dated, and then became awesome again. Well, and now it feels awesome the same way that I think of like uh, Dungeons and Dragons is awesome again. Dungeon, well, yeah, like <laughs> this is also true. But like the, the way that I think of like 1950s science fiction novels is awesome. Like it's it, the datedness. Is no longer dated. It's, it doesn't it just, feel dated. It's to a me. style. It still doesn't feel dated to me. I think the Matrix still feels pretty good. And well, like, like if you if you'd asked me like maybe six years ago, it would have it was it felt a little bit more Johnny Mnemonic to me than uh, Wow, that was Robert Longo that directed that. right? Robert Longo directed Johnny wait, Mnemonic. Wait a minute, Robert Longo, the artist? Yeah, he directed that. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Is that really true? I'm I'm almost 
positive. Because I love Robert Lang. Well, this is a counterfactual podcast, and we're going to say that it's true. No, it's, I, <laughs> we do this all the time. It we was, say it false things. So we get, I we get was, corrected constantly. So, by know, the way, we love think it. it. I think it, it was. He, it, uh, I'm uh, it was an artist. I thought it was. I like Robert Longo's stuff. Well, I love Robert and, Longo. But I think it was He's around. very 80s. Though. I know. But it was around the time of when Schnabel was Who shooting. Who directed Johnny Mnemonic? Uh, um, Robert Lango. There it is. Wow. That's crazy. Fantastic. That's a str- like that's a really interesting thing because because Schnabel was shooting right and it's like whoa this Schna- artist Schnabel is- went into real filmmaking Lango is yeah. very eighties though he's like yeah. the, epitome- the people like yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. love it the, I, the, I saw him at the at the Broad he's got a bunch of stuff at the Broad that's just but that's fabulous. like Barbara um, Kruger or whatever Barbara Kruger yeah same thing I used to go to the galleries in the late eighties when she's I'm- a little more heady though he's yeah a little, he, he's she a little used bit to more be like- at um, uh, they, what's her name? It was right on West Broadway, and I worked on the street at an art gallery. I used to go to those openings. Yeah. And it used to be painted walls of red and black with the writing. Yeah. But it was totally, I was more into like, you know, I liked Fischl. And, well, the 80s was the last great hurrah for art, essentially, for like art as art. I, lo- I mean, like, there's still an art, art scene. Is a product. I, still like, yeah, like, I still like Jeff Koons. Like a lot of people oh, have problems with yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- no, I, I love like Jeff Koons. Koons. Yeah. And I'm like, and I like Schnabel, I, Schnabel, some of Schnabel's I like. Yeah. yeah, he's a great filmmaker. Though. Great filmmaker. Great filmmaker. Uh, filmmaker. One of the one of my uh, my friends who was over in in uh, in uh, <laughs> at, T, uh, at THU. <laughs> that was the rise. Yeah. Nothing makes you sound more like Pacino than a shot of rise. Great ass. I got to work on the. My voice. Did you see? Did you see Bill Hader do do Pacino? Oh, he does great Jurassic Park. Oh, it's yeah. That's good business. Hello, welcome. To Jurassic Park. Jurassic. <laughs> so Motherfucker. <laughs> Hater is like, he does so many great impressions, and he just sort of like throws them out now, but the t- tip-top impression that, it, that he has ever done for me is Alan Alda. Oh, yes. yes. Like, I cannot believe. That's fantastic. Like, I, 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 can't even, I can't do an Alan Alda. I can't no. replicate it. But like, I but would say, look at like it's a thing. just insane, because like, no one would think of doing an impression of Alan Alda. Right. And he nails it so hardcore that you're like, Whoa, <laughs> that's like that's you like know who's also, impress- also impressive is uh, uh, what's his main name? Who does a really good Matthew McConaughey, um, the Goodwill Hunting guy? Oh, Matt Damon does Matt a great Damon. McConaughey. Yeah, oh, yeah. My God, it's it's yeah. spot on. Yeah, it's perfect. It's like yeah, like he and he does these little just little bits. It's like when I do Ray Romano and I go, you know, like that's <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. But he, but he does he does nail he does nail it in that small space of time. It's very true. All right, so the reason I brought up the Matrix was specifically because I was thinking about like watching it again, and there's so many things, quotes and ideas. And maybe it's just us. Maybe it's just because I've been around you guys for so long, and we mm. talk about this stuff. And even our sh- the short we did, you know, the the Vera ROL, it's highly. Heat inspired. Heat inspired. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Intentionally. Intentionally. Yep. So um, it was, I don't know. So point being, should we do a synopsis of it? Because I can do a super fast synopsis. Do a fast can you do one? Because the yeah. thing is, it's a complicated movie. So the synopsis yeah. will be complicated. Okay. So the, 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 this is, a, okay, the fastest uh, way I know how to do this is more of a, like, a, let's talk about it structurally, what the movie is. Okay. And then the, basically everyone will know where we're at in the descriptions. We'll it's a heist. Talk. Yeah, it is a, uh, there is a, there's basically two teams. There's cops and there's robbers. Yes. The robbers are headed by Robert De Niro and the cops are headed by Al Pacino. Right. And uh, the movie is about um, the uh, those two teams, sort of one, obviously the robbers developing um, 
uh, developing jobs and executing jobs, right. and Al Pacino and his team trying to stop these guys. Right. Um, it is made very complicated from the opening job that they pull because the uh, uh, De Niro and his crew rob a bank truck. Yep, and vehicle. Uh, De Niro is work, working with people that he's worked with many times. Val except Kilmer, for friends, one guy. Except for one guy named Wayne Grow. Right. And Wayne Grow is a hot wild head. card hothead. Kind of like Psycho, a, though. Psycho. Kind of yeah. like uh, Pelham 123. Yeah, exactly. Like that guy in Pelham 123. This is the yeah. dangerous dude who probably shouldn't have been hired. It was a last minute replacement. And Wayne Grow and they're going, they rob the bank truck. It all seems to go fine, and they're going to get away with these. Um, 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 bonds like they have an a, a envelope full of um, uh, uh, like savings bonds or whatever they are right. and um, uh, and uh, Wayne Grow just wants to kill people and so he makes up an argument in his head that one of these guards that they're holding a gun on he says I don't like your face yeah like he's challenging him in some way so Wayne Grow shoots a guy shoots one of the guards and kills right. him right. and then De Niro looks at him like what the fuck are you doing right. and then tells everyone to kill the rest of the guards because they've now that they've killed someone they have to kill everyone right right so from the get go it goes south and De Niro and his team want to get rid, get rid of Wayne Grow meaning like Kill him, right. right? But they that goes wrong, and Wangro gets away, right? So that's part one of that plot line, right? Um, and <clears throat> and uh, Al Pacino is a homicide detective, right? Uh, and so he gets involved because of the killing at the bank truck, right? Right? Uh, and so it's not just a regular robbery now; it's a homicide, right? And uh, he starts going on the trail of of the good, of the bad guys, um, and Wangro uh, is angry at Robert De Niro for shaming him so bad and then wanting to kill him. Right. And uh, so Wangro decides to go try to make a deal with the guy they stole the bonds from. The guy who owns the bonds that were in the bank truck. Right. Okay. Is this total rich douchebag, like hedge funds guy. Right. Right. Um, played by Bill Fichtner, uh, William Fichtner. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Wangrove goes to him and sort of gives up Robert De Niro. And his assistant is Henry Rollins. And his assistant, assistant is Henry, Henry Rollins. Rollins. Yep. Uh, and so uh, when Robert De Niro, uh, with his, the guy that he makes deals with, is played by John Voight. John Voight gets the good, the jobs for Robert De Niro's crew to do. Um, John Voight says, we can make a deal with uh, this hedge fund guy. And uh, uh, because the bonds we stole from him are totally insured, like 100%. So he's going to get all that money back. So right. we can just like – So it was a whole scam. Yeah. So we can sell him the stuff back and he'll make 60% on this thing. If, right. he's, if he's a player, then the fact that he got ripped off, he'll understand that he actually make all that money back plus 60%. Right. Right? So let's try and make a deal with this guy. They, they work, try to work this out, but already Wayne Gros talked to the hedge fund guy and the hedge fund guy uh, – uh, uh, decides to kill Robert De Niro for trying to steal his bonds. Right. So they they have the meeting where they're supposedly going to hand over the money uh, for the transaction, and instead, uh, the hedge fund guys goons try to kill Robert De Niro and his crew, mm-hmm. which is a terrible idea because Robert De Niro and his crew kill everybody. Right. And then he calls up the hedge fund guy and says. Uh, the famous line, uh, you know, I'm talking to an empty telephone. You know, right. I'm like you, you're. I'm going to come and kill you. Right. Like, this is bad news. Uh, and uh, around this point is when De Niro meets uh, this girl, woman that he really likes. Yes. And the core 
argument of the movie surrounds this event, right? That is, De Niro is an incredible badass. His crew is super tight, right? right? But um, uh, everybody in the crew is either married or has girlfriends or whatever it is. Val Kilmer has a son with his uh, girlfriend or wife. and uh, Ashley Judd. And Ashley Judd. And De Niro does not have that. Like he is like, I do not want anything in my life. You can walk away from anything that I can't yeah. walk away from. He <laughs> says that uh, repeatedly. Yeah, like you, like if you feel the heat, if you, if you, you gotta walk feet. away in thirty yeah. seconds. Exactly, you feel the heat, heat around the corner. You gotta be able to bail immediately. And uh, so he meets this woman, and he makes this connection with her, and this is what is going to make him make bad decisions because they connect really well. Um, but it makes him want to get out of the game. He's like. I want. I don't want to be doing this stupid shit. Anymore. I should. I should note it was interesting. So, uh, she uh, works at Hennessy and Engels, right? Mm. Right. Yep. Uh, I did a podcast with this guy named Peter Ramsey, who was a director of Spider-Man: Enter the Spider-Verse. <laughs> right. Excellent. And one of the things that got him into the business was uh-huh. he worked at Hennessy and Engel, which is a great show. Uh, and so he got. Because uh, he, he liked to draw, he got he found out someone who works as a um, storyboard artist, and that's right. how he got into becoming a storyboard artist through right. a customer of Hennessy and Engels. Oh, that's amazing! It was Kevin, huh? A friend of mine, Kevin. Kevin, what? McCarthy. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah, because he was a storyboard artist, and then he is friends with your friend. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So he ask got- him. I, th- I I believe it's Kevin. Okay. Well, he got he got into that, and then then eventually turned into director. He worked on uh, what was the name? Was it Boys in the Hood? Who did Boys in the Hood? Uh, John Singleton. Singleton. Singleton yeah. yeah, it was with him. He was he was a second unit director on on some bunch of stuff oh, yeah. that he did with Singleton. And, That's awesome. That's great. And then kind of kept going into animation. Animation kind of was like a surprise, like he didn't know about going into animation. Mm-hmm. But That's cool. Anyway, but Hennessy and Engels was a thing, and so that was the thing. It's like, oh, it's so funny they got they moved. again. They're, they moved, they're no, not in Santa Monica anymore? No, they're in Santa Monica, but actually there's one downtown. Oh, right. Next to Cyark. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But it's nice. No, that's cool. I love yeah, it. It's a great that, store, by the way. It's a great store. store. Yeah, it's insane. It's, been money it's a landmark. So Amy Brenneman plays uh, De Niro's uh, right. girlfriend in this. She works at Hens and Angles. And, yes. uh, uh, and so he hits her off with her. He sees that there's a, a different kind of life. He is tired of being a criminal and wants to... You one know, last score. Wants you, so he's like, screw this. I'm going to make a stretch and go for a one big robbery, right? Uh, and I'm going to take that money, and then I'm going to go off with my girlfriend, living in whatever, the, the, the live, island someplace. Live in the Bahamas. Live in the Bahamas. Um, simultaneously, you are watching Al Pacino. Uh, uh, Al Pacino's marriage, his third marriage to his wife, uh, collapsing because right. he is out all night, all the time, Chasing after bad guys. Right. And so, well, De Niro is uh, meeting someone and getting involved in finding first love. Pacino is having literally the opposite storyline. Pacino has a daughter played by Natalie Portman, yep. who is about maybe 14 in this movie. Um, stepdaughter. Stepdaughter, yes. And, uh, and the stepdaughter is obviously in the beginning, like she's already having some pretty serious sort of uh, – uh, Anxiety issues, teenager and problems, really, really. Yeah, she's and like she's like you know she wants to be with her dad. Her dad's a deadbeat, right? And well, her dad's her dad's apparently very rich and like right. going off and doing, but never pays attention to her. And and the mom is like the mom and Al Pacino, um, Diane Venora plays the mom. Um, like she is 
uh, her, the primary conversation that she has with uh, Pacino is our marriage is falling apart and everything is going horribly. And meanwhile, Natalie Portman is basically just saying, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. And nobody is actually paying any attention to her at all. Right. At all. Uh, and uh, you see all the relationships between all of the members of the bad guy and good guy crew, all their sort of girlfriends and wives. And you see these sort of similar patterns happening between both sides. And then finally it leads up to uh, this deal where um, they're going to rob this bank mm-hmm. and, um, and it's going to be a giant score, but it's extremely dangerous. And Al Pacino has been um, uh, informed by, he doesn't know it by Wangro mm-hmm. uh, as to who De Niro is. And he's very close on De Niro's tail by this point. Right. Right. In fact, he is right on his tail. He's right on his tail and takes him out for coffee. And uh, <laughs> yes. And so uh, he, when well, like once, well, once they know, they know of the existence of one another. Yep. Pacino uh, follows him in a helicopter and, uh, uh, and then is dropped off to pick up a car to go, Pull him over right. and ask him for coffee, and you have this in the middle of the movie, the the classic scene of them t- talking at uh, at uh, a coffee shop. At uh, yes, at uh, Kate Medellin's. Yeah. closed. And it is closed, um, and that's the famous scene where they both talk, um, <clears throat> and they explain to each other that they have you know very similar problems, which is like, you know, uh, I you know I only know how to do one thing, yep. and my the thing that I do is essentially battle with you. Right. You know, and that's that's how it goes, and I it's respect. Just, I don't know if I want to do anything else. Yeah, like this is. Well, I don't know anything I, else. I don't, I don't know, know anything, anything else, and I don't want to know anything. else. Right, um, but you can see the stress on both of their faces from their relationships. One going one way, and one going the other. Uh, where, like, you know, uh, Al Pacino has to make a decision about his marriage, and um, and De Niro has to make a decision about his uh, his burgeoning relationship. Right. Um, so the. Uh, uh, and also in the middle of this, Val Kilmer is having a collapsing relationship with his wife and they have a son. Right. And, uh, and De Niro does a lot to try to manage that marriage, which is right. really interesting. Yes. Like, because obviously they're very close. Yeah. And so like he really, Chris Shahirless is the, is the character's name and he, he cares very much for Chris. Chris basically acts like a little boy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a gambling junkie. He spends all of the money that they steal on, on, uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to like De Niro's trying to manage everything with Ashley Judd and like you guys are going to stick together just get this job done or and then if it falls apart I'll finance you myself and he's trying to manage everybody else's life right and it's getting worse and worse and worse uh, but he explains to Chris Shahirless he's just like that's when he tells the the heat story which is like the guy in, you know guy I knew in the pen was like you know uh, don't have anything in your life unless you're willing to leave it in thirty seconds right right so. The bank robbery happens, and that's a half an hour of the film. Uh, and uh, in that bank robbery, uh, it goes horribly wrong. Well, there's several things that are – there's all these things that are hinting at it's, it's the wrong choice, right? So what's his name? Danny Trejo, who was their driver, has to back up because the cops are trailing him. Right. right? And Danny, Trejo, Trejo, Danny Trejo's wife was uh, – we later find out – was uh, caught by Wangro. Right. And tortured nearly – her wife was tortured to death 
and uh, and Danny Trejo gave up all the information about the bank bank robbery and everything about De Niro right. to Al Pacino. Right. And uh, and so uh, there's a a driver that is brought in that De Niro knows from prison. Right. Uh, who also has uh, a wife slash girlfriend. I can't. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. And he decides at the literally last moment to to get a new driver, and that's the guy who was uh, uh, you know a, a cook at a diner. Right. Exactly. Just happened. To Just run got into out of guy. prison though. Just yeah. got out of prison. It's got has a, a shitty, shitty job. job. Exactly. Yeah. Um, bank robber goes off. That dude is killed instantly. Like, right. Snap. All right. right. Uh, uh, you have um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Sizemore killed. Right. Uh, 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 Val Kilmer shot in the neck. Right. Uh, and De Niro uh, like grabs him and barely gets away. Like it's right. really bad. So Kilmer is like like it's it's yeah. You know, like Kilmer is knocked out of the game. Like that, that, there's no way he would have gotten away from that situation. They had the whole fucking place surrounded. Oh, they, they, that, I, well, we can talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, I, like, they, no, I'm, I'm, they, they actually they show this they show this sequence apparently at Langley right. because it's so realistic. It like, is. They, they say that this it's is exactly so, how this goes down, and this is what they do wrong, and that's how they get away. Like it's it's, it's actually, funny. Is my wife legit, was there when they shot it because she oh, worked God, at yeah. a travel insurance company uh-huh. in the building across the street, so they had to go to work, you know, through the back, and it was right. like all day. <laughs> Oh, they must yeah. have shot that for days. Yeah, it was. Well, they could only shoot it on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, and they had to shoot. It no, they weekends. did a lot of stuff uh, during the week too. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, they only had limited. I'm sorry, they only had like limited days to shoot, and they had to wait a week. And then yeah, shoot but again they were that. shooting and doing stuff in the yeah. back courtyards right. and stuff right uh, during the week. So yeah. it was always yeah, it's or so like crazy. locked up. Anyway, That's so amazing. Keep keep going. But uh, but yeah, so the uh, the the gets away. Everything's fucked. Uh, and he gets away with like money and Val Kilmer, but Val Kilmer is in serious condition. Right. Gets Val Kilmer to an underworld doctor. Doctor who is? Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Very funny. And, uh, and, uh, and says, this guy is going to fix you up and I'm going to meet you back at so and so and then we'll get away. Right. And, uh, uh, and Val Kilmer, uh, gets cleaned up as n- enough to, drive a car but he's like really, he's really really shitty shape and he tries to go back to his house to where his wife and kid are right. Dennis and it turns out that the cops are already there already there and they have uh, they've gone to her and said like listen you know we're gonna catch your husband and then uh, your kid's gonna go to a foster home and he's gonna have a fucked life if you don't you know flip on your husband right right so they set up a trap for Val Kilmer to get caught he drives up to the police stop line the cops you know last first license et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and she's supposed to go out there and confirm that it's him uh and if it's him then get him up here and they'll arrest him right she uh instead gives him a very small get the fuck out of here wave right right and he learns the lesson from de niro like fuck you got to you gotta leave, right. <laughs> like he, like you gotta walk, you away, gotta walk away, and he walks away, and he lives, right? Like he's he actually he actually gets out of the situation, right? And loses his child and wife, but he he does live through the movie. Maybe I'll see him in thirty years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then De Niro um, goes back to his girlfriend. She's like, I didn't know you were a criminal, uh, and they have a big fight about this. But yes. he convinces her. Like we can go and be millionaires in the islands, uh-huh. and it's going to be fine. And uh-huh. she wrestles with it, but decides she loves him and wants to go. That's with him. A, it's a, such a smart decision. It's a. It is not the. Yeah. It's not the best. 
but he is a millionaire. So, you know, it's give and take. Um, she didn't seem that superficial to me until all of a sudden then. Now. She loves him. She loves him. She just, just met him last she week. She loves him. She loves him. <laughs> she met him last she week. She loves him. So she loves him. <laughs> and uh, they're like, let's drive away. Uh, John Voight has given us uh, given me a way out with a special plane and everything's going to be fine. Right. right? But John Voight also said, in arranging the plane, he's like, here's the plane. You you're going to fly. very limited. You have to get there and get on the fucking plane and then that's it. And you're out and you're home free. Right. No problems. He's like, cool. I also have to tell you one more thing. I know where Wayne Grove is staying. Right. And, uh, you know, he's being held under police protection. And, yeah. you know, I just want to let you know that. Right. And uh, he's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm not going to even pay attention to it. I'm just going to fly away. He tries to drive away with Amy Brennerman. And for a moment, everything looks like it's happy. And then, Wayne, then uh, De Niro can't let it go. Drives around. He's like, I'm going to go kill that motherfucker. I, it's like, I just got one more thing I got to take care of. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, it, just before this happens, he also goes and kills the hedge fund manager when he's looking for Wayne Right. Um, uh, which is very satisfying because the guy's a douchebag. But the, uh, what, he goes to the, the airport hotel where Wayne Grove is staying, Dang. protected by the police. He pulls an alarm, sets off the entire, gets a bunch of shit happening in the building, gets in there, kills Wayne Grove, gets out. By the time he is out, Al Pacino and his whole crew have shown up, and De Niro has the choice between, like, get in the car with Amy Brenneman or fight with Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. And he, like, you can time it, he takes 32 seconds to make this decision and then leaves Amy Brenneman. Well, he couldn't get out. Yeah, I mean, like, it was probably a... The fire truck was there, so the car couldn't get out, which for me was like... Why would you – you're so careful about everything. You he's, know he's, you're going to pull the alarm. Why would you pull into the fire lane? Because he's well, – he's, like, he's, he makes a mistake instantly by – like he's, he's out of control when he goes after Wangro. Like of course. The, that's – like he's already – he's like – But that's obsessive-compulsive thing. Yeah, I mean like once he – and I actually heard Michael Mann talk about this very thing. He's like, you know, he is holding on to this sort of rationale of like I have to be totally stoic about everything all the time. And once he lets go of it, he – can't get it back at all like he's just reacting emotionally after that point so once he decides to go after wangrove because he's feeling so high about like i'm gonna get away like he that's when like every decision he makes is terrible like every decision he makes is bad after that point well no he is feeling the high not because he is getting away is that she is going with him because they pull. Oh over. yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, the, yeah. sorry. Like it's, it's, it's because, her that right. made him. Like, he's like, I now have what great, everybody else had. Right. And it's one of the great shots in the movie when they're driving through the tunnel. And he realizes they're going to get away, and they hit that tunnel, which is filled with light, and it's just like happiness galore. And then they drive out of the tunnel, and it's dark again. And that's when he makes the decision to go after Wangrove. So kills Wangrove, gets out, goes to the car to try and get uh, to Amy Brennerman. Sees that he well waits too long, is fucked, gets chased by Al Pacino out onto the air, airport tarmac and out into uh, the weeds, mm-hmm. and uh, they get into a gunfight. Pacino uh, shoots in the gut. Uh, De Niro keels over uh, while holding Al Pacino's hand, and then Moby music plays, and that's the end. Of Was that. it Moby? That's yeah, Moby. That's Moby. That's Moby. Moby wrote the soundtrack to that for the whole movie for a lot of it yeah for, yeah for a couple of yeah for some of the big like scenes. the whole like you know the the the, the big bank heist scene with right. the yeah. shootout that's all Moby right I know that it was the, the passengers opening, the for the uh, Koreatown shot yep, yep. The opening, that was the album the passengers with you two and the opening is like God looked over the water I think is the name yeah, of the song by yeah. Moby it's a very famous song yeah it's great and um, I know the music but I didn't I didn't know it wasn't the 
Dust Brothers. I just was like, I wonder who th- I didn't. I well, thought a, he yeah, was riffing off a lot because the passengers were in there. Yeah, and uh, there's also a lot by what's her name uh, from Massive Attack. Um, yeah, there's like five or six tracks. There was a mix, yeah. definitely a mix. But Mo- Moby's the big like the concluding song is Moby, and it's very the opening very, song is also Moby. Yeah, it's very, and very fast. the the bank. Heist. It's interesting because I actually I went to a Moby concert uh, and he was talking about how he's been writing some soundtracks and right. how he really liked writing that soundtrack. Oh, yeah, sure. But he uh, he also talked about how he like he got a chance to write the soundtrack to some uh, – Bond film, and I forgot which one it was, but he said it was terrible, and he regrets ever having done that. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it must be a pain in the ass to work for those guys. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like the the, the like the, the broccoli. The bro- I don't know anything about the broccoli's personally, but like, the, it's such a groomed brand. Yeah, it's that like, it's like you can't do anything. Yeah, there's there's no room to move in that brand at all. It's like I can't. Like, no wonder why. Like every time Daniel Craig, you know, like they interview him about Bond, he's like he looks like he wants to stab someone to death. I <laughs> heard he's. Uh, uh, very difficult on that new set. On the, it, it's really oh, he is tired, who? boy. Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig is tired of Bond. Like it's really sure. a tough shoot. Yeah, because it's just like yeah. grueling. Well, they're, and they are paying. I think they're paying him like you know, like they're paying him out of the back end. But I think it comes out to like nearly half a billion dollars. That being what? Paid. Yeah, it's really insane. So you just basically have to take it because of that amount of yeah. money, right? Yeah, but I mean, like the like the broccoli is ever you know for the entire run of Bond like. They've hyper managed that that uh, license. That brand, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty pretty intense. And like, because they were talking, like people were talking about getting Tarantino to direct a Bond movie. You wouldn't have room. Yeah, that, he's like, there's no, that's not even possible. <laughs> like, you can't do anything. You can only do uh, like the James Bond machine. That's that's right. the only thing you're allowed to do. But yes, yeah, no, I can imagine Moby must have been straining into that because he is a uh, he's not an he's a more uh, inventive person. Yes, yes, I think that's fair to say. And opinionated too. Yes, very strongly opinionated. Very strongly opinionated. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Uh, there was I, I might have mentioned it before the the the, the he did some, there was some weird Canadian uh, sort of horror spoof film about a band of vampires. You ever do you ever tell you about this? I don't know. It's like this band. Right, and they 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 become vampires for some reason. And Sounds then, amazing. And then they they that's part of their shtick. Uh-huh. And their manager is the guy from what's the famous guy from Kids in the Hall, Chris. Uh, um, um, famous guy from Kids in the Hall, uh, who's also a news radio. Dave Foley. Dave Foley. Yeah. So Dave Foley is their manager. Oh, and okay. He, and and it's just I love Dave. Foley. Yeah, but then they go and they run into different. Bands mm-hmm. along the way, right. and they're all played by like Iggy Pop is in it, etc. <laughs> oh, like they're amazing. all in it. Which one? Are you I forgot Jarmusch? the name of this movie. It's really funny. Has anybody seen the Jarmusch film? I have not yet. No, 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 I have not seen that. That the one about zombies. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, at one point they Has run anybody into. Anybody seen the Joker? I did. No. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And oh, it's very good. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Masterpiece. I wouldn't go that far. Clockwork Orange. No, no. It's like I would say like, uh, let's see, like. I would say it's a really it's one of my favorite superhero movies to come out in a few years. Okay. Like okay. It's, it's top top 5 superhero movies for me, for sure. Okay. Yeah, but it is very it is not like it's it is, not Taxi Driver. It doesn't it doesn't it's even look like it doesn't kid, even feel like Taxi Driver. Right. Kid like, friendly? I mean, like, uh, no. It is for instance like okay, so 
So here's the Joker detour. The um, everyone got really, really, really upset about the Joker, yeah, uh, and freaked out and had this giant moral before it even came out. Before it even came out, right? And uh, including, I like, I don't know. Should I call it a? I was really disappointed in a particular website. Like I was like I was like crushed by this. Call it out. Uh, I go to this website all the time called No Film School. Yeah, uh, and they're. Fucking fantastic. They're right. great, right? Their review of Joker was, was literally, with, yeah. was do not see this movie. Because it's irresponsible. And I was like, right. that, like, you. I were, remember you talking about it. You guys are artists. <laughs> You're artists. Maybe I missed, maybe it was a joke. Maybe I misread it. I was, I was just, but I was so shocked just to read like three paragraphs in. I was like, you, like, you guys are filmmakers. Like, you don't advise people to not see films. That's embarrassing. Right. Um, but that's the level of sort of, that was the heightened level people were at before. The movie came out. But they had, like, extra cops at the movie theater. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. So it, was, it was complete nonsense. The movie itself is nothing like that. I can get, I can guarantee you that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is 20 times more violent than Joker. Right. 20 times, easily. Like, Joker has some intense scenes, and it's a very depressing movie. Sure. You know, contextually, it's a, it's a grim movie. Right. But it is uh, – the argument is – and I'm not even reading into it. The argument is, uh, the argument of the movie is, we, uh, if we don't start listening to one another and caring for one another and showing empathy, we're all going to go insane. That's what the movie says. And the thing is, like, it doesn't just hint at that. They specifically say that out loud as a line. Right. Like, so the movie is not even like trying to. It's like I don't know what people are talking about. Which is the opposite of what a lot of people were saying. Like, this right. is going to encourage people to. Yeah. Well, and like what's really weird is it's the opposite of what people were saying who saw the movie. <laughs> like I was just like, what fucking movie did you see? Like right. I mean that like it is uh, it like so all that nonsense aside, it is a it's a good it's a very good movie with a very good main performance. Right. Um, it's nicely shot, nicely put together. It's a little bit uh, like the pacing is a little wonky, and sometimes it like I think that uh, Todd Phillips. Like is so mesmerized by Joaquin Phoenix's performance that he lets it drag a little mm. bit just to watch uh-huh. him. Um, but by the end, it really picks up speed. It's a good, uh, totally a superhero movie or a supervillain movie um, that has like that hints at some interesting things to talk about, and right. that's it. That's the movie. And so, like anyone who's getting upset about this thing, there's nothing to be upset about here at all. It's a it's a pretty good superhero movie, right. and that's pretty much the end of that discussion. I don't know what. It, else to say about it except that like it was i was disastrously uh let down by an a huge number of people that i respected and how they reacted to this even sure. before it came out i was really really appalled and uh and i hope that people got their act back together because the movie is worth seeing and uh it fits in there nicely with you know um the post marvel vibe that yeah. i think we're going to be heading into you know as like in terms of quality i would say it's like it feel, I feel like it's about as good as like a movie like Panic Room, where you go like, yeah, that's good. Okay, it's not bad. So, all right, so all right, so, so Rex Reed was like, but does it's it as good as Clockwork Orange? Yeah, does no, it fit? No, it's nowhere near in that. Like some of the original, uh, you know, uh, Chris Nolan Batman's. Is it kind of? It's like Batman Begins. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, w- good. Which, which is a, like for me a three star movie, a three three and a half star movie. Right, but at least it feels like a a, a compelling. Yeah, it's a good super movie. Hori- superhero original origin story kind of thing. Totally, and like right? I and I do think there's uh, there is a very uh, we're doing it on a different podcast, but like there's very interesting things that the movie brings up that I thought were really clever and prompt great conversation. But if it's like you know, it's nothing. It is literally nothing more than a a good end of summer movie. 
Right. Like that's where it's at. And okay. It's, uh, but, it, but it's worth seeing. I definitely recommend it. Well, but I, Phoenix is very good. He is uh, even better in an extremely similar movie called You Are Never Really Here, which is available on that Amazon. That is good. Probably. That's a fucking great movie. Yeah. It's okay. ve- that's, that movie, it's so much closer. Joker is so much closer to that movie than it is huh. to Taxi Driver. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that it's was a good film. That's a super good film. That's, a, that's an A-plus film to me. Okay, yep. okay, yeah. okay. All right. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for a really good synopsis of Heat. You're welcome. You thank you. Very efficiently, Eric. Thank you, Eric, so much. I don't know what, what, uh, what Dan was talking about, doing, but whatever you said was, was right. In 25 the, years to prepare. <laughs> 24. 24, yes. Was it 80, 85? 95, right? 95, mm-hmm. yeah. 95. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. So um, – what would I was trying to figure out why I had an issue with it because did you have a single issue or multiple different I had issues? little things mm-hmm. um, and they were different like I had a little bit of plot problems a mm-hmm. little bit right like I didn't really buy his relationship with the girl like they just met right right Eric is giving me a face of agreement <laughs> <laughs> that is basically the relationship from a movie straight time. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it's yeah. a cut and paste. And I, I, I'm i not to try to hijack your podcast here, Chris. It's, it's your not podcast my, too, my friend. It's, it's not my goal here, Chris. But, but uh, if I'm allowed you... to talk, um, the thing about oh, – the... martyrism. No, no, no. I'll go wait outside. I'll go wait outside. No, 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 no. No, we'll take the microphones. We'll be back. Um, for me, thinking – Seeing it again, I've seen it many times. This one was a particularly different thing. When was the last time you saw it? I own the disc, so I watch it at least once or twice a year. But (laughs) the thing is, I lost – I don't know where it went. I don't know if my wife was cleaning or my daughter threw it as a Frisbee. (laughs) I only had disc two, which Mm -hmm. is the special features. So I had to rent this. I was pissed, but I was like, all right, $3.99. Let's keep going. I – look, I feel like – if you gave me all the footage and I recut it mm-hmm. and I, I took out uh, De Niro going to Hennessy Angles mm-hmm. and if I took out Pacino with a hot wife, it would be a great film. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Because I feel like those – there's nothing since – I don't buy the relationship of De Niro with her. Right. It's just – I think it was a casting problem. I think he was pulling more from straight time in terms of style of girl. Right, right. Right? Well, I, I can agree with – because like the one flaw in straight time to me is that relationship. Yes, I, I but totally he pulled – I do not buy it in straight That's time. right. And that's right. But he pulled it. There's right. something like a direct copy-paste. Right. right. And it was like to give him more the shit. The relationship just did – I didn't it buy didn't, it. I didn't, didn't buy the chemistry. You didn't buy it. You didn't why he would throw right. – with this hard-edged guy, with – all his rap sheet, two inches thick, as they would say, and he still does this. Well, I the, didn't buy it from two points of view. I didn't buy necessarily that he would be risking a rel- no. things with her. Second, she seems like she's a very smart intellectual person. And somehow she's just like, yeah, I'm just going to be with this guy. And then he's, oh, well, you're a murderer? She, you're a bank robber? Yeah, sure. She, I comes like, from, she has to She's be, a very um, – uh, she obviously was is wealthy. She went to Parsons. Mm-hmm. She comes from a big family. She talks about that East Coast family. Right. So she kind of is a little naive. And she lives in a really nice house. Right. 
right? Yeah, and strangely nice house. Yes, but it just shows that she has a lot of money. She went to Parsons. She's a graphic designer. She's out here away from her family. So she makes naive decisions. I have, and she kind of shows that when they're at the coffee counter, Mm -hmm. and she's like, "Don't, don't worry about me. I'm sorry, I interrupted." Yeah, she just randomly hits on him at the coffee. No, she just asked about the book because she worked at Hennessy Ingalls. Was that the what's the name of that? That was the Broadway Deli. The broad. That's exactly. I used to go there. I used to go there all the time. All the time. I used to go there all the time too because it wasn't far from Method. We used to go to Broadway Deli. It had really good food there. So my thing about that is that I didn't. There's nothing. It's on Broadway, by the way. Nothing (laughs) believable about that. I didn't find. You know, it didn't didn't carry any weight for you. It didn't. The second is the Pacino opening with the kissing. I felt like personally, after I've seen it a lot, I just it's. I've always feel like those scenes where they show him with the family Mm. was something that. Pacino brought to the table. Right. I feel like he's like, I want to, if you're going to first see me, I want to be kissing. Right. When this, I want to show my love for as a, you know, the bad father, I want to be the good father. Right. Even though it's just. He's a, a terrible father. Though. Well, a stepdaughter. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a terrible father to her. Uh, but, <laughs> but the point is, he goes and saves her. Right. So they set up that whole hero scene where he. Right. So all that stuff seems so copy and pasted over what is really when you follow those heists right. and the details of those heists the meticulousness the, yeah, of how engineering they, of everything the engineer right, 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 and they right. cut think, this everything yeah. is strewn together but then on it's, top of that you're trying to humanize these guys right. but and if it, you just kept them obsessive compulsive about their work right. it would flow because you have Val Kilner in love I, as a fuck up right. and you have all the guys at the dinner and Chinese sure. place yeah, kissing their girlfriends yeah I, I actually I, I completely agree like I like the 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 Ashley Judd and Val Kimner relationship was something that it was worked for me. Right? It worked. It worked for me. The other ones are like I've, that's something. that's peak Ashley Judd, right? That's tip top Ashley Judd oh, that we've ever seen. She was perfect in that. She movie. was very good. Yeah, and she's so really, really hot. Good. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's also, very she's pretty. pretty. But, but it was. But job. also, she had that right kind of like yeah. like she grizzled she ma- girlfriend. She matches with Kilmer really really strong. well. They're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. De Niro mm-hmm. with Amy Brennan 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 Brennan. Doesn't work. Right. It was bad casting. It's almost like, and then to have that whole that weird fight. Yes, but the thing is, if you look at the the length of the movie, mm-hmm. it's almost like they added this stuff right. to give humanize more Pacino and De Niro. Right, right, right. Like if you had just trimmed that, because there's no way he's gonna like like really fall for her. Right. Like some of that stuff is fluff. Like mm-hmm. when Pacino kicks the television out, you do, you already know by him parading around and spending hours on the beat right. that he's obsessed. Like right. his home life sucks. Right. So all he has to do you is You don't sit, need to drag it out. You can just hear at the diner, Kate Mandolini's. Right. I, I have a third wife. Okay, there you go. Right. Third wife. Right. Great. That, yeah, right. And, and that whole thing about like his wife cheating on him with that guy and she's like, whoa. But the thing is- That doesn't like that it, scene- But is, it's him. I'm telling you, it must have been like- I feel, and this is, you're going to say, oh, Eric, you're wrong, or Dan, you're a douchebag. You can say all those things. You say those things. That's fine. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, it's almost like I feel, and I've always felt that since the theater, Mm. was that Pacino is a strong personality, and he's a great American actor, and Mm. so is De Niro. And they're in this together. It's almost like, I want to. The movie would be held together simply by them. Yeah, like there's no, there's yeah, no. It was, almost, it was almost like they the were trying stuff. to like, look. I just want right. to give a little more. Let's just shoot. Right. Let me get a little more room in this, Michael. Can right. I just like here? And then the, the, they're trying to up their their human right. humanized. Uh, well, the two thing. of them were like these iconic 
single actors and they put them together in this movie. But right? that's fine. But my thing is, is that they were, it seems like they were telling, my perspective, mm -hmm. and it could be wrong, is that they were telling Michael Mann, like, I'd like a little more room here right. to breathe in this right. scene. Can I just do it again? Right. Or can I give a little of this? And then in the edit room, it becomes in and all of a sudden it's two hours. Okay, it's now two hours, 20 minutes. Well, you do bring, like, like certainly, like, you, I know. You bring, you bring, uh, you bring up a good point that, that Michael Mann is definitely like, he gets his movies made by casting big stars that want to work with him. Like that's how, yes. that's his that's his mode. He's just sort of like, okay, I'm gonna get. Um, I really want to make my my obscure experimental uh, John Dillinger movie, Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's like that's how he gets. That's how he leverages the cash to make a movie that they wouldn't normally let him make. Right. right? And I think that was still true with Heat. You know, it's just like he has this movie that he's been wanting to make for a long time, and he wants as much freedom as he can possibly get with it. So he casts these but guys. But he as did a show. Thief, dude. Oh yeah, think yeah. about that. Well, this, I guess that. Okay, so my my I I um I completely disagree with you both, and it's actually my favorite part of the movie. But I will say that uh, the my argument for why it's why he intends that to be the core of the film is Thief, because Thief is almost one hundred percent that material. Like everything in Thief is like, let's go to get uh try to get an, an adoption happening. Let's go like everything with um with um uh james Kahn is i mean there's there's lots of there's lots of good crime but everything is about the life pressure like it's like you know is his buddy in jail you know i don't have an issue with stuff, the right? life pressure yeah. i just i have it what i have an issue is the believability of the oh, life pressure no, I and i m what i feel like is that they had a strong voice and right. how to become more believable right. in the life pressure right. rather than the director who is so nuanced from the way the lights came up at the end of the airport oh, and you course, can see yeah, right probably. Everything's meticulous and referencing old movies. You can get that. Right. But then these moments are so cut and paste because right. they seem like they're trying to squeeze more information about Pacino or De Niro like they're a real person. Right. And you didn't need to do that. No, I feel you. I and feel so I have, don't have a problem with the humanizing or that's part of a, a, the above or below layer right. in a heist film because that's really what it is, is right. about, you know, uh, you know, you know, going against the odds this is the last thing I could ever do or, right. you know, feeling that pressure. It's just the casting with Amy didn't work. Right. So it was awkward because right. you have these strong scenes with the crew and then you're like, I don't buy it. Right. Then with her, you can get – it was overplayed where you can just say, that's my third wife. Right. If you think about it, right. if you did not show him with – Let's say, forget about uh, Natalie Portman. If you just showed him coming in to get his TV mm -hmm. and the ex-husband's like, actually, I'm still married to her. You know what? Right. I just want my fucking TV. I, and then to, he leaves. We have to give shout outs to that actor, though, who played that role in every movie I've ever seen him in. That's fine. <laughs> that, that, but you that get my is, point. I, he was in Candyman. He played exactly the same guy. I was just like, so oh, it's that guy. They, he cheats on wives. It <laughs> totally, absolutely, it went over. Right. And it was trying to sell us where everything else is engrossing right um and you didn't need to sell sell me i believed it i i also think that a lot of the acting was almost like in your face so much in your face oh yeah very much so yeah, yeah. So these things where he's like the great ass and stuff that seems like pacino riffing mm -hmm. yeah but it was and just like over the top like almost overacting a part of me was like i wish they would subdue it just enough I wished a little bit more. Honestly, I was like, I felt myself longing for Thunderbolt and Lightfoot a little bit when I was watching <laughs> this. You know what I mean? I wish it was a little bit more subdued. 
I appreciate the acting. I appreciate, and I, like when, when you get to the scene in a coffee shop, it's like, okay, here it is: Robert De Niro, Al Pacino in a coffee shop right. talking to each other. It's going to be epic. Are you ready to watch this amazing tour de force of acting? These two American icons of American cinema fighting it off, saying great line one after the other. Right. It was like, come on. So okay, this <laughs> one. So what I detect is that I think I wish it was subtle. And I, I definitely don't wish it was subtle. Like, I, yeah, I agree with I, you on that. It doesn't have to be subtle. I, and yeah, I don't like have a problem is, with that coffee shop This is highly scene. stylized crime stuff from, like, it's like, it's just like, 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 essentially that, like, asking it to be subtle is like, if I were watching Asphalt Jungle and someone yeah. said, like, well, can you just calm down with the, the getaway sticks lines? You know, just like, no, it's, I, this is part of the flavor. I, know, I, get, I get the problem with right. my statement. Right. I understand but, like, that the, it has to be the, this way. The, the thing that I would, the point that I would want to argue is that I, I think that what you don't like or what I think would put you in the may have put you in the mood to not enjoy the movie is a resentment about this kind of a production where it's a it is a showy like look at me production I think that tends to, I mean this is just an observation on my part right but I think that that tends to rub you the wrong way and it may have put you in a in a, in a different mood than like like if you if you feel like the movie is trying to like like show off like I, I i get the sense sometimes there's a you, little bit of showing off right, i agree right. with you on this what but it's, it's and the hard. movie is totally showing off for it, sure it I is totally agree it is it. but and and honestly speaking i i can't blame it for that uh-huh. because it, it does is what it is have it is what it is fantastic right. like a this is this is one of the best heists of ever yeah. right i mean Without it's like Everything that's going on on this, the the, the timing, the, the idea, it gets your blood going when you right. watch this. You get excited when you see the the. the bank. I mean, we, we all agree on the on the on like the execution of the the yeah. cr- the crime stuff is insane. It, it's, it's so perfect. It's, it's perfect. It's a perfect. Like it's, it's almost not. It's like it, there's nothing to really talk about because it's perfect. You just go like watch the fucking movie. It's amazing. <laughs> it's this, like it, it's so perfect. You know, there's another thing that bothered me actually uh, mm-hmm. on all those intimate scenes, right? You're talking about when they're making love and the family stuff right. and the girlfriend stuff. Everything was shot super long lens. Super long lens. I was going to bring this up. You don't like. Super, you do not like this. Well, I thought it was like it was jarring because I wish it would just breathe and feel a little Ex- better. Exactly. Right. We are literally saying the same thing. It, I love it, and you don't like. That's, I know. that's That's what makes it so uncomfortable. Like the watch. Chinese restaurant scenes. Like no, like when no, uh, no, no, like no, 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 no. All of the like the intimacies. Like, the like even when uh, the family when stuff. Uh, when he picks uh, when Pacino picks up his wife after everybody's left the restaurant and they're sitting right. the, like this black box stage bar. You know, like it's just totally it's just them with spotlights on them, and it's shot. It's a it's a medium frame, but the camera is like fifty feet back and zoomed up. Like everything right. is compressed. Right. Like and they keep on doing it. this. You know, I get it. Like it makes I, it, it makes it very very stuffy and awkward. All the time right. I, I feel like that's intentional but that's like it every- probably is intentional yeah. like it makes it uncomfortable everything is uncomfortable okay you're right because yeah. what it did it make me feel uncomfortable it makes me mm. feel like oh what the fuck's going right. on right. which is which is uncomfortable for a scene where you're supposed to feel intimacy yes i think i guess that's see what that's, i'm trying to say yeah absolutely because you're supposed to feel like you're supposed to feel intimacy but you're right. It does succeed in making that intimacy feel awkward. Yeah, because like he isn't – he doesn't feel home here. Like right. you're, you're watching a scene in which you're supposed to feel comfortable and you're not comfortable. That's what he's feeling. Like right. that's his whole like, like, and nature it, of it. And you're right. Like there's a lot of – there's a lot of stuff with, with houses that bother me too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, and it's explained uh-huh. the, his wife – 
was married to a very rich person. So like Correct. I don't buy a cop living in a fancy oh, house. Oh yeah, like no, because he says like your ex husband's dead tech house. Right. So obviously this is not this is not either of their houses. This right. is like some rich dude's house. Right. But. And then the other problem, and this is a very minor one, but it's kind of annoying, was like, does De Niro have two houses? No, he has one. Okay, then why is there a view of the entire city and then the next shot they're at the beach? No, because that's her house. That's, oh, that's her, her house. house. Yeah, she Brand comes from a rich family. family. Yeah. I She's like, I rent a house. I like, why the fuck? I, yeah, no, I rent a small house, yeah, up, that's her house. up by Maholland. Well, that's her house by Maholland. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a fucking house. Yeah. yeah. That's a. It's a real. It's definitely. That, that's, that's like. That, that, half, that's that's. What's like an who's her neighbor? Man. David Lynch. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. No. And actually, the one that always confused me is I thought that Danny Trejo's house was, was nice. Was super. And th- and then I watched a making of it, and it's actually, it's a it's a pretty nice house, but it's in East LA, and it's definitely in just kind of on a crummy hill. I was like, they shoot it so well that it almost breaks the fiction because it yeah. looks like it's the fucking what's the Eames house or what is yeah. the like it it's looks cantilevered. It, it looks right. it looks incredible in this movie, right. and because it's backlit, it's amazing. Light flashing, yeah, it's an amazing shot. But I'm like, that's a really fucking nice house. Right. <laughs> it's not actually as as nice in real life if you look at the real thing, but they, the way they shoot it makes it look like a six million dollar house. But yeah, there there's a lot of the 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 characters. I love Donnie Trejo. Oh, he's great, uh, amazing, yeah. I guess man discovered him. I'm not sure. Like, I think he really? was. Yeah. Cause that, that dude, I mean, Dan Trey was from. Thought, okay. He was in, he was in prison. And I think he worked as a, an extra in one of man's movies. But he worked in a theater group oh. because, uh, did I, he, did, sorry, go ahead. My, my old neighbor was in a theater group with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he, that dude's fucking awesome. Did you dude. see the story that happened in the news like a month or so ago where he saved some kid from a crashed car? Oh, yes. it's fucking great. He is. A champion. Danny Trejo is yeah, like incredible. Yeah. Like, his whole life story is incredible. Seems like an incredibly nice guy. And he's got Trejo's tacos. He's got Trejo's tacos and the donut shop down Not where, far from where Donut yeah, Time is fine. Yeah, and and right. he's, yeah, he just sounds like one of the nicest people in the world. Those, but those tacos, a little too pricey, but fucking delicious. Yes. Delicious. Delicious. Also, he, uh, what else, I love his performance also in Spy Kids. Oh yes, absolutely. Yes, he's so funny and, and Spy in machete and machete. Yeah, <laughs> directed by the same guy. The same guy, different audience, <laughs> different, slightly different audience. Same green screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's better but that. he's he's I don't. Know. So so yes. Listen, there. I I don't. I'm not. I don't want to talk bad about heat because I do like well, it. Here, well, here, I have, if I can I, interject just for, just for a second, it's more interesting to talk bad about heat because every podcast about heat is about. How great it is! Right now, I'm obviously like this yeah, is I'm trying my to make number, this number one movie of all time. I, I don't mean, have anything bad to say about yeah, it. I'll defend I, it. I mean, I, I you but know, like that, it's more it's more but, interesting. But hold to hear on a second. So let's, let's hear opinions. you. Def- so do you not believe the non-believability of of De Niro's love interest? Uh, I I know I know what you mean. Like I, I feel what you're saying. It's, it's, it's like even I, the kissing. It's yeah, awkward. Like I, I, think and that I don't know if that's on purpose, but it it, it takes you out. Yeah, because like I really I really do like it. And I really do like their. I love. I love their entire story. I think and, she's the problem. Honestly. Well, I, I feel that it's because it I have the same problem with her as an actress when she was in Frasier and <laughs> she played Frasier's girlfriend, right, right, and right, I was, right, didn't right. believe that relationship either. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I think she, I think she's pretty. I think she's a pretty good actor. She's uh, she's she um, is, yeah, she's but right. she's not a good girlfriend. But like, I think that she's <laughs> she's cast like for me. Like, I think that essentially we're saying the same thing. Like everything that that is unlike about unlikable about their relationship to me comes off as very revealing about those, especially about him, about, um, about De Niro's character. 
And it's because like the, the way the, especially the way that she hits on him and like she, like everything she says, says, like you said, like she's from a rich family from back East and all this kind of stuff. Like there's something uh, intensely sort of rich and lonely about her. And she's, they, she essentially, and she asks him if he's lonely, like there's a, like, that's what she's, that's her talking about herself. Like she's a lonely person and she's basically trying to connect with anybody. And this is the only dude that's, it's worth, it has nothing to like from both sides of the equation with them. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's about themselves and the hollowness that they have. And their relationship is sort of a very passionate fiction. But you don't get the passion in it. And no, that's what it, this it, one's saying. Yeah, right? it's not believable. Well, I actually yeah, think no, this, it falls to – I actually know where it falls. For me yeah, personally, yeah. where it falls, the problem falls, mm-hmm. is that I actually think it's the costumes. Really? Yeah, really? because if you see a wire of her walking through, she's wearing a very kind of baggy mustard-colored sweater. Right. She's and supposed to be a little pants. bohemian. Yeah, but the, if she had worn jeans – I'm just saying, jeans and kind of a kind of a, a jacket, a little bit wrinkled, but an expensive jacket and a cool shirt where you see a little bit of the stuff. What I'm saying right. is if she was sexier in her dress, but like sloppy chic, right, right, right. Um, she would have been friends with Val Kimler's girl wife. Oh, do you, that, yeah, that's, do you that, know what I mean? And then yeah, you exactly. can buy – she's a kind of a that's, lost rich girl, right. but she, there's a sexiness about her which he – he does all these sexy heists. Right. All the other women in his crew who were married to the right. men in his crew right, right, right. are beautiful in their own way. Danny Trejo's wife was gorgeous. No, absolutely. So there's that's you this, have this, this frumpy girl. That's what I'm saying. Like her frumpiness is what makes this character work for me because no, I, like, no here's, you want her to be a lost rich girl. No, which no, no. She no, is. Like, no I'm, I, she she she, emph- she, is, she emphasizes because like she has a desperation about her. Like you can still have that, that is like. In she, sexy clothing. She, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you she, mind, she you, does, you remove the frumpy girl, but she she does things that frumpy girls don't do, like randomly hit on a guy but, at a diner. But you can, but you can see, no, this is what I'm saying. Is like she's like that is a stressful thing for her to do. Like she makes this. She like she walks by him in the bookstore when he's actually at uh, the bookstore, yeah. right? And then at the at the diner uh, at um, at uh, yeah at the yeah the Broadway diner, um, like she, you can see her readying herself to make the hit. And then the moment there's like even a little deflection, she's like, "I'm sorry, Barthor," and like turns away. Like, yeah, but this is a she big, would never do that. She's well, that's what I'm saying. It's like this is that's how lonely she is. Is like this is a big deal for her to make this attempt. It's not like she's some you know hot woman who's just like I can hit on anybody I want. Like the fact that she's hitting on him at all is socially out of place. Right, and you can see her working up to it, there's which a, makes it even more. Desperate. There's a conflict that I feel that between her being smart and her being stupid, and like it feels like she, if she could be more naive, she, I didn't buy her as naive. She's not. She's not stupid. She's she's lonely. And but that's but, that is but the, then the desperation no, is making lonely. her. She's active. not actually lonely. I never got her as lonely. I got her as out of her uh, element. I also because if she was, out, yeah. yeah, meaning yeah. so the loneliness is that she's used to having a big family structure, having money, going to a good school, right. and doing graphic arts. Right. She decided to stretch out on her own, come to the East Coast. So she's a little bit kind of like she doesn't have a lot of friends. She's a little out of her element. But I just there was something about her frumpiness and her looks that I it absolutely wasn't his. Type. Well, no, they, I think I did this buy her as naive. Not emotionally I, I, or what I she's think, looking for in that, life. Yeah, but that's the, that's the thing. It's like his type. If there was someone like him, it wouldn't be her at all. 
Like if like if there was someone that was actually a sort of a real match for him, but she doesn't exist in the movie. Like she is the she the only thing that they share in reality is, is loneliness. loneliness. Right. That's it. But you don't for me, when she runs with him, I don't get why she's doing it. Not like you're making a bad choice in life, there's a bad life decision. It's I don't believe it. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I guess like, that's that's. I, I mean, just, like, I just essentially that's that's the difference. It's I like, also didn't buy her just going. Okay, I'm well, going to go puts with up, you. She puts up a pretty strong and she lengthy does, fight. Yeah, for and me, it's, and it's a weirdly like, and like I like how weirdly emotional she is too. Like she's like she's I, like she's like pulling away from him in this weird like semi drunken way. Like I I love all that stuff. I think that stuff is great. But like, she also had a sense of humor about her. You could tell, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really coming really? out. Yeah, just the way she. The way she smirked a little bit, you can tell that she was there's like a smart. There's an interesting person in there someplace. Yeah, right. But for me, I didn't. When he kissed her, it was there was no chemistry. Chemistry. I, I, I agree with you, and, and that's and that's, you that's look the at core Kilner and and, and yeah. Ashley. Chavez. Ashley, they, their relationship like, makes sense, but you buy it absolutely, and that's why it's a, that's why it's a massive loss. Right, like that's the the, the reason why Val, Val Kilner like that is the that is the. One of the two heart-crushing scenes in the movie. Right? It's very just like yeah. when yes. Ashley Judd turns in the Yeah, away, I don't have a problem. With it. What I'm saying incredible. is, is that when you watch this meticulous movie, right, and it's so beautiful, and I'm submerged in this world, right, and then I'm taken out. I, I feel you. I think, and, I think, and I'm like, why am I taken out from Hennessy Ingalls and Broadway Deli? Right. All the way to her house. I, I don't mean, have a problem that she, if, you know, if she's not clicking for you, it's not going to work. No, no, but I I'm totally saying it, it's a weird thing because right. um, it's just it, it. It's interesting. And then Pacino's. I bought that relationship because I actually they feel like they work. <laughs> right. But he they overplay it with him. You have to. You he have doesn't to, have like, a focus. Like she is almost identical to him, but mad about it. Like she's that's just, right. Like, she's and she like, smokes pot and she yeah, hangs like, out. She is absolutely furious the entire movie like it's and she's like she's just sitting there like you fucking asshole like i'm right here that's all that's every every line of hers boils down to hello i'm right here i'm one uh, <laughs> i am seriously wondering if the if it's really i i do believe any bremen uh, costumes i mean her outfits didn't work for me right, right. I, I felt like if but she it is weird though like i mean things if like she that was can like tip, can totally tip of you. I just was like, why would she wear that? That I would not do. There's something a little bit because if anyway, but but, but the other thing is, I think it's editorial. Yeah. I think that it needed to be tighter around some of those scenes to move it along. Right. And it drifted. And what it, the problem for me is when I watch it again, I love this movie. I've seen it a lot of times. Like you with Titanic. Absolutely. Oh, talk about a love story. Uh, Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) but, but the other thing is 25 times. I just feel like it absolutely takes me out of that world. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm back in. Right. Then with Pacino, it's like, you better know. He's, right. he's over the top, but I feel like he was controlling the director. Right, right. I hear you. I Do you know what I mean? On right. set, I'm going to, Michael, I'm going to do it again, but just let me go big with this. Right. And, well, and then they're I like, put it and in. And after this, I'm going to do another thing called Scent of a Woman. Yeah, I'm going to really bring that, it up there. I, I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest problem with Pacino's performance in Heat is not his performance in Heat. It's all the other times he did this and it didn't work. Like, he blows his voice out and fucking devil's advocate and then yeah. all that other shit. And that becomes such a cartoon that it colors 
watching Heat. And I'm like, right. when I first saw this, I, it's told, a miracle. I, hundred, <laughs> I, have, I agree with what you're saying. You know, like that's, yeah, the, that's where I'm just like, The junior G-Man it. thing yeah. works right. when he's at the scrapyard with the guy and he's like, hey, have some passion for a guy with a substance right. addiction. And he's leaving. He goes, I'm big. That right. thing, it's like, oh, okay. By the time I get to Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, improv. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, but it's I, I like I, I know. I what, but here, the point the, is, the, it's, a, I have, pull it back I have a, a little. Critique. Pull it back. I, I have pull a critique of this movie. They were originally had Al Pacino. Uh, you'd see him doing cocaine in the movie, like he was a coke addict, and I was like, why would you take that out? And it's because oh, wait, they, it in, didn't test well. <laughs> like, in like, heat? In heat, yeah. He's like, uh, yeah. I was just like, oh, well, that makes sense. That makes, yeah, every, that's makes everything make sense. the thing. That would have helped. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like, I mean, he's a coke Okay, guy. so let's just go back to this. <laughs> he's a coke Let's guy. go back to this. Let's quickly That makes go, a lot more, more sense. sense. But hold on. <laughs> let's go back to this. If you – it's editorial. Mm-hmm. Because like, if you kept you some of that one in – one shot of him like going – like this, like, and then uh, just before he goes out into a crime scene, and you're like, I understand everything now. That's I right. Everything now. Yeah, that's true. But it's fragmented. Yeah. And that's my review of it in a sense. Like, I love this film, right. but it it fragments, at, there's fissures at certain points which take me out. Stress fractures in titanium? Yeah. And so, what I, I basically <laughs> like the book. Yes. And it just takes me out. And right. it's, and I always am like, why? Would, would you say that this is something that can only happen to a movie that you've, Compulsively watched this many times. Now, when I first saw it, mm-hmm. I absolutely like. I didn't buy this. Her, Amy right. Brennan. I just was like, from the from the get go, you're like, just what? not on board. Right? I just, I felt right. like that's not somebody. Right. Okay, and right. I try to roll with it. Right. And then I felt like Pacino was like going over the top sometimes, but he, you know, he can control the set and the right. director. He's right. Al Pacino. Right. He's a great American actor. So for me, I lived with that being pulled out a little bit mm-hmm. because the payoff is the downtown bank heist scene is worth oh, it's incredible. the price. It's, it's perfectly entry. incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I then utter, um, the the beginning one with the truck. Oh, man. Like I, I actually have to say like the, the, the bank truck heist is technically more impressive to me than the – uh, bank robbery. Yeah, it's like, very the original. bank robbery is perfect. Like, but like the bank bank truck heist is difficult to do correctly, and he does it just as well as the, the bank only heist. thing. That, the only thing that <laughs> it's you know, incredibly good. Ha- I remember watching that 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 you know that twenty four years ago when mm-hmm. I saw it. The thing is that has become like the benchmark. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of bank heist things. Oh, it's it's uh, there is there is so no better. Now, Everyone is doing something, yeah. trying to do at least as good as that. Because you got to watch that, tr- um, the uh, crisscross from 1949. Oh, I thought you meant the band from 90s. No. Okay. Kids wore their pants backwards. Kid and play. Kid and play. Kid and play. Crisscross. Yeah. Crisscross. No, I don't know. Yeah, that's a great film. Shot downtown LA. If you want to see vistas of LA in the late 40s, it's incredible. Oh, when Bunker Hill was still Bunker Hill. Oh, my God. And oh, it's yeah. Burt Lancaster. Oh, I love him. And love Tony him. Curtis's first role. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the said. woman that played Mrs. Munster, really young, Yolanda something or other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super hot, man. Oh, oh, my God. But they do a heist of basically the pole, um, a racetrack-ish thing where I think ended up to be Dodger Stadium around there. And okay. They, but they have- yeah, I feel like I've seen this. I saw this in they CCM. They have gas masks and they go up there and the gas yeah, masks- Yeah, okay, no, smoke. I- Whatever you're talking about, I've definitely seen this. I know. I know. So this movie. cool. It's called Crisscross. 
Crisscross. Okay, I have to look that up. I haven't so seen cool. But that. I remember the gas masks. Yeah. yeah. And they come out of the. Yeah. Like there and people. That. But that's the thing where it's in the public, but this menace comes in. Yeah. And it's. it's Spectacular. Re- yeah. And it's, well, and I brought up earlier the other the other sort of uh, touchstone. There, there are numerous t- touchstones for this movie. Uh, there's. Uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hard time. Um, uh, in seventies, uh, crisscross. There's asphalt jungle. Yep. Which is another like John Houston. John Houston. Yeah. And uh, where he he basically pulls the ending of asphalt jungle for the ending of this. Uh, yes. Yeah. And also, I feel like there is uh, the way those raking shadows were, and there is this beat in the night where he stops and the light comes up, and mm-hmm. it really you follow that like waiting for an animal to come up. It right. was Fritz Lang movie, which I have the book of the storyboards. Him? It, no, it's called, uh, where they're trying to kill Hitler. Could you, oh, Metropolis? Look. No, it's, um, <laughs> I have the book. It's a 30 year old book. I got Fritz Lang films. Fritz Lang, his first American studio film, 1942. I'm ashamed to say I do not Fritz know Lang film and from 1942. It's called, uh, it's about killing Hitler. It's so good. Moontide? No, uh, look, uh, Fritz Lang, but it's his first studio film. And he had trouble getting them made uh, because they didn't know who he was. Right, right. And uh, he basically came- 1942, okay, hold on. Uh, Something, uh, furry, 42? Let's say 41, 42, 43. 39, 41, uh, 40. The Widow in the Window? No. Scarlet Street? No. That's 45. Go below, 30s, uh, the, 40. Let me see. Um, Hangman Also Die? No. God, he's done a lot of fucking Yeah, he was a prolific person. Uh, uh, Manhunt? Yep. Manhunt. Uh, 1941. Uh, first, Manhunt is... Now I have this. If you look at the storyboards for Manhunt, mm-hmm. they're probably the most beautiful storyboards ever made. Really? Oh my god! I, it was I'll bring the book in. The it's charcoal a, or pencil style. The, the, the on yellow vellum. Yeah, that's so good, man. Oh, and it's love. just like swipe, 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 swipe. And it is those raking shadows at the end. The way they have the lights there right. is Manhunt. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love Lang. Do you have like, to see the storyboards? Lang had some I don't of the have best pictures of the storyboards. But uh, like, I, like that's like it's mostly just, yeah. It's. Yeah. Because it's Beautiful. like the old King Kong boards, you know, like they'll like I could. No, these boards these are better than that. Those, those the are great, incredible. Give me this. Just look up, and I'll show Dan. Dan. So, Dan. The the thing. They're most beautiful storyboards, and I I'll bring the book. Show in for me you. storyboards from Manhunt, nineteen forty one. God, that's incredible. Is that a phone, Chris? Yeah. We we have now broken into looking up stuff while that's we okay. Hey, <laughs> we have to break. Oh, look at this. There you go. That's Found it. it. Boom. The bet. Okay. There's them. Yes, these are, um, and this is an audio podcast, so this is working really. This well. This is so good. I love. We are okay. I'll just <laughs> we're looking we are at looking storyboards. At storyboards. Can I don't know if you can see this at home, but wow, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are great. Okay, so I'm just going to describe what I'm looking at right now. Like these are very uh, like a five B pencil on yellow vellum. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, absolutely five B yellow vellum. Very, very, very high it's contrast, silhouette, chiaroscuro style art and they are like they are as good as watching a movie they're yep. unbelievably beautiful beautiful yeah this is this is very much like the um uh there's 
these storyboards for King Kong, storyboards for the un- Orson Welles' unmade uh, Heart of Darkness. That's right. Yeah, really, really beautiful, beautiful material. Yeah, look at that. Oh, it's fucking great, man. That's that's how but I like this, to draw. That's how that I draw. That scene that's where they're at good. the port is just like uh, the ending of The Heat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Wow. I get it. I get it. Right? Yeah. I'll yeah. bring the book in. It's amazing. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, that's oh, really it's, nice. it's abs- I got it like 92. Right. And I saw this book. And believe it or not, the guy actually called me today. My brother's old old friend. Yeah, I have the book, dude. It's, yeah, these are great. Yeah, I'll bring it in. It's a sensation. I have one on Terry Gilliam's uh, Brazil. Oh, yeah. And they were in Paris. And my brother's friend, who actually I haven't talked in a while, and he called me today. Right. Uh, Mark uh, was a pilot for TWA. And he was flying to Paris, and I called him. I said, will you go to the Pompidou Center and buy these for me? Right. And he picked them up for me. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Good God. Yeah, well, uh, cool books. We'll put up the link. Because I collect site. books. I love yeah. old books. Yep. But though, And they're little things, but you flip through them. Yeah, it's so nice. They're, the, you the, get the whole world. The, the storyboard book that I don't know if they published, but uh, I would kill to have, is the one that was put together by Mobius – uh, and crew for Jodorowsky's Dune. Oh yeah, you see it in the documentary about it, and it's like as thick as a phone book, and it's just jam packed with the most ridiculously amazing French style comic illustrations yeah. you've ever seen. Right, just just incredible. Actually, the beautiful ones too are uh, the first Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. Oh yeah, that's totally true. I totally agree with you. Yeah, like in fact, like the the uh, the, uh, the the X shaped crucifix. Uh, designs and all the the boards for that stuff was fantastic. I remember these. I, I copied those extensively when I was wanting to draw, and like they used to put up books. I want to like, see your drawings, dude. I'm 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 pretty good. I'm pretty good. Not, I'm not the best. I'm pretty good, but I think you'd like them. Do you have them online? Yeah, I'll show them to you. Like DanThron.com? No, no, no. I'm a lazy jerk. You just have to Google it. <laughs> I can find it for you though. It's yeah, good. send it to me. Um, but yeah, very chiaroscuro, very, very much the style of the storyboards we've uh, we're just passing around. But I, but it's because I learned from those kinds of storyboards. Like they used to put out those books all the time when they'd have a big movie that have like the art of the Empire Strikes Back. I have those books, yeah. and like it would just like pages and pages of boards. I'm just like this is fucking incredible. Like I don't I'm, see I'm, that a lot actually. It's, it's just not. It's just not a thing to get. I mean, they still put them out, but it's just not. I remember. Thing. I remember when I first you know, started on. On Tron, and I walked in, on, you know, bef- before it started, and I walked in on on Eric Barber's office, and there's like the the the, the concept art all over the floor. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's like and, holy and shit. And they'll still and they will still publish. Con- they'll put uh, put out art of the film books for like you know they put a great one for um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I have that utterly book. gorgeous. All the production book, paintings man. that is just insane. But like they used to put out like for Star Wars, I had like the uh, all first three Star Wars had multiple books that were just sketches and drawings not just not full production paintings not all the uh you know all the the full color stuff just charcoal and and pencil drawings and that was the most exciting stuff in the world to me because you could just see this like quick intent as to mm-hmm. what they were trying to do and it's like you learn filmmaking so fast when you do that like um my friend uh gareth hines great comic book artist uh uh, uh please look him up at garethhines.com uh he uh would 
story he would learn boarding and storytelling from watching movies and just still framing yeah. through movies and copying that's what exactly I have my daughter every do. shot right and just sketch it out really no quickly. I just have fun. it we freeze and then I have we draw those oh it's great yeah it's it's so good like if you're an aspiring filmmaker it's literally the best way to learn to make movies uh, it's absolutely absolutely stunning but when you see boards as good as those um uh for uh what was the name of the uh the lying picture manhunt manhunt you've got to watch manhunt yeah. and there's so many moments where it's like it's such a sound stage at Warner Brothers. I love it. But love you know stuff. they do the forced perspective stuff that yep. Hitchcock used to do yep. with the, the size of the people going down yep. or the trees. And it's so – I mean not uh, like scale to make yeah, it yeah. – so, Well, it's like in uh, the end of Casablanca when they had the tiny little plane yeah. Yeah, just to make it look like it's far away. That's, That's all right. The forced perspective so, um, but that is – I love that film. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that. I'm sure that must be on Criterion. I'll check and see if it's it on. It is on Criterion, I yeah. believe. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check that stuff out. But yeah, I think that like man wanted to make this movie for – I don't know, like 20 years. He wrote it when he was young. and uh, Heat. Heat, yeah. Yes, we're back and, to heat. And, uh, and uh, he actually did make make it before – he made Heat before Heat came out. And he made it as a TV movie called uh, L.A. Takedown. That's – And it is terrible. It's a really, really – it's really – it's like it's like a high school student uh, production. It's a high school production of Heat. Done for on the cheap for CBS or whatever it is. That's okay. Your practice run is good. And it's and I tell you, man, this is this is something I talk about with my friend Dave Bryant, who we should have on the show, is the that when films get practice runs or time to sit and think about what they're doing, they make they make better movies. Absolutely. Like this is a this should be part of Even, production. Th- th- yeah. I mean, <laughs> like think about think about Fincher. Yeah. When Fincher like was did uh, uh Benjamin Buttons. Mm-hmm. He would not have done it if he hadn't failed massively on Dedenbacher. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just like he just knows what the fuck is going on. And that's on not first. just Fincher. Obviously, right. Digital Domain had to learn from that mistake. Dedenbacher too. is what we referred to the Oral or- Redenbacher or- spot, or- right. which was a disaster. A disaster. It, a it aired disaster. once. Yeah. Like during the Oscars or some big thing yeah. and was like – Digital human oh, version of Orville Redenbacher. my God. What the fuck was that? <laughs> it was a nightmare. And it cost a fortune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It cost a fortune to yeah, do. But it was really the test bed for uh, uh, Benjamin Buttons. Yeah. And which, which came out great. Which came out great. Yeah. But I should note a couple things because I've you know I've I've obviously been you know studying digital humans for a long time and was something that was very very important about it is that it was so close to not being great. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. Right. Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. Yeah. And they had the whole thing in a can. They were like. That's going to do, but they've been too close to it, and they knew something was not quite right. Right. They then went down to Skeleton Crew, and I think there were like six people. I mean, most of the stuff was done, right. but they just needed like six people to to just touch up every single shot in a movie. Right. Literally right. Right. every single shot. Right. And I, you know, those six people, I know who they are, yeah, and they're yeah. amazing. Yes, they're like in Nuke. A little bit of lighting, a little bit of animation, a little bit of this, a little sweetening, bit of that. Sweetening, sweetening crew. <laughs> just redo every shot. Just make it better. Right, right. And they did the whole – like I think in like six – the last six weeks, they redid every shot. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, just a handful of people. Right. Just a little bit of something to get it over and that's what Makes all the difference, man. Because by, by keeping a lot of the opinions out of it and just going like, yeah. you know, you do it. Yeah. Because that's the thing that's really hard with digital humans, especially at the time. Now it's become a little different. Now we've solved a lot of the problems that have been right. solved. Um, 
but uh, just but it's so hard to identify yeah, it, we, what's good and what's not good. And I think the same thing is true for Heat, the way you're talking about it. It's like, well, I had everything here. All the plot points are there. Right, right, right. Why is this story not Why working? Why is it not clicking for you? Right. Right, right, right. So, so Here's a question, interesting thing. You talk about like them taking out Pacino doing Chipping blow. cocaine, yeah, right. That I'm would one, have been so much better. I think you're right. It would have sold. It's it the one thing I know about the movie where I'm like, they should not have. I'm wondering that. if what we're watching is the studio cut. Because, I saw because the, it's because it's so padded with shit. They're like, uh, it takes me out. But that's right. a studio executive decision. I, and I just because the just, version just to keep the audience current. All the stuff, all, all the padding is actually my favorite part of the movie. I just want to lay, lay, keep people up on my my, my personal want, opinion on it. That is like I, I love all that the, stuff. The version that I rented was mm-hmm. actually on on Google Play. Interestingly enough, I decided to rent it there, mm-hmm. uh, and it said the ultimate director's edition. That's oh, what it was yeah, called. He, he re-edited that. That's slightly different. That's interesting. I, I have not seen that. I have not seen that either. Well, yeah. there was no cocaine in that. There's no cocaine. Well, there's no cocaine in any version that I know about. And I think they took that out. You know, like done the so I don't really. Maybe that was part of the issue. Right. Sometimes director's editions are not the best. Right. He goes back and messes with That's his films so often. You, so it's you amazing. really it's love that, Patty. You love the Amy Brennan. I, I love. I love every like the heart of the movie for me. The where I really. Get, I mean, like the all the all the action and all the, the thievery is like. It's that's, real. Well, yeah, and it's also. But, but his me, character was. The, it's the cher- like all that stuff is the cherry on the Sunday for me. Like, of course, of course, I'm going to love that. Like, that's amazing. But what, I wish where I'd I'm seen. In, but it's not. But I'm everything's engaged. so believable. And yet, I wish that's I'd seen not. a little bit more weakness out of him. Where, like where, a little bit more crack. Where, where I'm, in where his I'm, character. Where I'm engaged in that movie is that like, and I and I point this out every time I watch it, and Anne's very patient because I say it every single time. There is a sequence in that movie that I think is it, like my favorite sequence in the movie. Like out of everything, including the action, is there is a back to back to back to back scene of couples talking with no introduction shots, no establishing at shots. At the Chinese restaurant? No. It's uh you see um Pacino and Diane Venora talking and like how their marriage is going south, right? Then you see uh oh, gosh, I can't even remember the order. But I believe you see them, you see uh De Niro and Brenneman and you see um, the the guy who ends up being the driver mm-hmm. and his wife. Oh right, dropping right, right. him off at the place. And, uh, and and there there's no like there's no introduction to this. It just cuts to them in a in a conversation at exactly the same framing of everybody. So like it it is literally I know, I know what you're swapping about. out. It's it's a it's a two shot back and forth conversation mid shot of each of each person, and they just swap out the couple. And it's the next couple, and they swap out the couple, and it's the next couple, and they swap out the couple, and it's the next couple. And, like, that to me is the core – that tension is the core of the movie. Like, the – like, it is is about uh, the uh, the pull between these these guys who are essentially, you know, uh, very, very serious little boys, you know, who – and and they they cannot – like they just can't see the value in committing so, uh, to the life that they that they want so desperately. Like they like they're 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 pulled in 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 two different ways. Where like what like what De Niro really really needs in his life is no more crime. Yes, a fulfilling relationship, whether it's Amy Brennan or not, doesn't matter. Like, but that's what he's actually that's what he needs, and that's what's pulling him. But his immediate want is going 
exactly the opposite direction. So I, every I, single I feel character like the, the, is exactly the best like scene in the movie is when they're on the hill and he's like, cons- you know, considering we got the LA heat on our fucking asses all over, you know, oh, it's great. That, like, but yeah, that, that you get great. a sense of like, uh, I'm, co- uh, you're set, right. you know, uh, basically he says to, um, what's his, um, uh, Sizemore, yeah. you're set. You have a good wife and everything. You, I, w- I would. I would go. You have the T bills. You have everybody. Right. I'm in for the juice or whatever, and right. they're all in. Right. And that you get a sense of who they are then. Right. And the junkies for the action there. Right. So the so the the difference in in for, uh, the difference in me is that I completely agree with you on that stuff. That's where I'm like I'm with the guys. We're doing the thing, and this is super fun. I'm in agreement with them 100. percent Like they want to go do the fun thing. So do I. Right. But the reason why the movie is meaningful to me is. Uh, the relationships that they are either ignoring or like all that stuff is what is deeply satisfying. So, so when you see them in the relationships, <laughs> so like, they, well, but here's like, the thing quickly. When you see them in the relationships, even at the restaurant scenes where you're just introduced to Danny Trejo's wife, you believe those relationships. They, well, those guys, those guys have found like, yeah, but right quickly, you wife, believe those, those relationships. You do not believe the relationship you believe uh, I'm, I, I'm, I, I was going to say the same thing you don't believe that De Niro well to be fair you don't believe that yeah, De Niro but, like I, I do believe it like I, I don't like, believe it like the, the reason and if, if you're asking why I believe it right the, the reason why I believe it is because what De Niro is doing is something I've done myself but I've seen many many people do is he is projecting onto her what, what he thinks he wants what he thinks and like he's aware that he needs something like this but you look at his house it's not like he has like he has no he's completely empty. He is a completely empty person. His house is completely empty. Literally. So is Pacino, right? Well, yes. Like Pacino is living in someone else's house. But then, but right? then, but then the, the but conflict. The conflict. The okay, everything you just said makes sense. Except there's every time you go one way, mm-hmm. something doesn't make sense because I don't. But then, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then De Niro failed at his acting. As that lonely person, because I never sensed his loneliness. Yeah, that's the oh, thing. Oh man, well, right? may, maybe so. I, I, I never sensed his loneliness. 100% by because uh, no, I don't. No, I, I don't. No, I, do. I, <laughs> I, I know you. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know you. That's the I thing. I, didn't I don't buy, buy his loneliness because right. then, because he just seems so you, in control of his I life. I actually and bought his else, loneliness at the restaurant where he's looking at everybody have their wives and oh, joking around. But you didn't get that if they if. Okay, but if they had played it a little better and sensed him being like, ugh, which he doesn't really feel, he feels like he's a control. You know, you know where oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, continue. I didn't interrupt. He says control. He said, no, it's it. it he every time there's a thing mm-hmm. about his character, like okay. Yes, that works that way, but then his character doesn't do that. Or if it's her character that's flawed, then it doesn't work that way. So it, there's something that of the formula that's not working, and it doesn't. I, I'm with I'm with Eric on this. There's oh, something actually, I mean, wrong about I, this I'm relationship. Not, my, I'm not trying to argue argue guys into into seeing my point of view. I'm just trying to explain explain my point of view, which is that yeah, I know like, you've done he it. Is, he is like when when he says things like when she's like, "Are you lonely?" Like she is saying to me, she is saying. I, I, you can I, say the words "I'm lonely." No, I'm no, just no, no, not wait, buying wait, 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 wait. it. No, you're, but listen to what I'm saying. Like what what I'm hearing. I'm just explaining what I'm hearing. I'm not trying to convince anybody about anything. Like what I'm hearing when she says this. Like the reason why it's on her mind is because that's how she feels about herself, right? And his response, right? And this, like these two lines are really key because she's like, "Are you lonely?" Like hoping that he says yes because she is also lonely, 
right? And his response, like instantly he tightens up, right? You can see him go, oh, and he says, I, I am alone. I'm not lonely, really defensively. I'm like, he is fucking lonely. If he's like, if he's that tight assed about it, like he is really lonely. He says it with too much confidence where he could have given a little bit, he could have given a little bit of weakness. He never gives out any weakness throughout the whole process, which makes you not buy. They, and his loneliness. This is the I, I would say that that is the like that's why he's reading the stress fractures in titanium book symbolically is like he is titanium his house is like this right and like when he cracks he cracks all the way like when when he is driving when he is like when you see that he has gotten away like he's like oh my god I've gotten away I like just he smiles for I just, a second but, and then but, everything falls but that, apart. that's the motivation I don't think De Niro can do it I don't think De Niro can actually emotionally crack mm-hmm. right he does he he's not the right actor for that he Possibly, need, yeah. he needs a little bit of a like like okay when he says i just got to do one more fucking thing right right he just needs to have a little bit of like <clears throat> right you know right. something that goes like ah so so what, and, and he looks so in control it, it actually would have been better if she was she you you get a sense that she was a wealthy girl but it would have been great if she was kind of a fuck up like a rich fuck up yes, girl. Right. Yes. she like, you know what? I got to smoke. Little, I'm supposed to quit. <sighs> anyway, I'm not. I got this through my brother. Would you have believed her leaving with him in the end then? Yes. Yes. Really? If she yes. was a fuck up. Because if she was a fuck up, like, look, I my parents are just on me, man. So I went right. to school right. and I quit drinking in New York, but I'm out here. And he's like, here is somebody what? I could save. Uh, what if it was? Yeah, uh, but it's not about say, like that's no, what I'm saying. It's like I don't think it's about her. What if it was? What's no, her name? Arquette. You know? Arquette would have done. But the point is, she. What's her name? Yeah, Rosanna uh, Arquette. She Rosanna didn't have Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. If Patricia Arquette that's had done that role, that's right. I think she would have been yeah. a better choice right. because then you right. believe that, sexy. that either he's trying to, he feels like he could save her a little bit, but he's attracted right. to her. He's doing these sexy heists, right. and here's a frumpy girl who and. I think it's a sexual bond in right. a sense, like the sexual energy. Right. If she was like really very sophisticated mm-hmm. or uh, like I said, if she came from a girl from outside New York city somewhere, you know, from a wealthy family right. sure. and smoked and went to art school because her father sent her there and he's always right. on wall street and she's out there mm-hmm. and she has a nice house there because father wanted to take care of her. Right. You're like, she would just run away. You know why? Because she came, as she explained, from a comfortable family. Right. So maybe she's trying to escape something. And that would be super yeah, ironic can, can, where he doesn't that, yeah. have any right. family right. and he wants to run away with her. And right. she has family and she wants to start her life over right. again. Yeah, that's the, interesting. There's, that's interesting. She had sure. no flaws. Right. Right. Okay, I have a story right for you because uh, I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit because we've been taking this too seriously. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, of rich girls and their dads, uh-huh. uh, one of my best hilarious stories, I'm not going to name the person because I don't want to give too much away, but really funny, comes from a very uh, well-to-do family from Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? Uh, she, his, his, this guy's- Robert sis- Prestige. No, this guy, this guy, uh, this guy's sister- uh, you know, she went to college, and then after she graduated college, she went back home and mm-hmm. was like, you know, whatever. You know, right. I don't really need a job, right? Because you know, I come from a wealthy family. Right. But her dad was like, nope, you went to college, you're gonna follow the thing, you're gonna have to get a job from now on. You're gonna have to be self-sustained. You gotta oh, do your thing and do your job. And she was pissed off about it because uh-huh. she's like, whatever. Right. So no, <laughs> yeah. no, much better than that, way better than that. <laughs> she. Got a job, mm-hmm. 
at Hooters in her dad's building. Oh man, that's cold. <laughs> that's cold. Okay, I got a that's job. That's a dad. film right Here there. You go. That is Here you go, dad. fucking. <laughs> and so she's like, "Look, got a job. That was the deal." And so they carpooled. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that, is that a real story? Yes, that's, that's a film. Pretty, that's yeah, good. I know. That's pretty good. That's an indie film produced by Matthew McConaughey. I, love, I, like, production the, I like the vengeance. I like the vengeance angle. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a movie, dude. Yep. I know. It's hilarious. And I, you know, the guy who works in visual effects who told me this story. I was like, this is the funniest story ever. That, that, that's, that, that would be a good movie. I just can't wait to like to meet his like, fuck you, dad. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this guy's go. father, that's his buddies. sister? Yeah. And she's very smart. She's very smart. Right, right, right. Obviously. Oh, I, I'm, obviously. I'm going to uh, <laughs> there's I'm going to recommend a a small movie that will be forgotten if nobody happens to see it called Support the Girls, which is about uh, women about working. bras. It is a part. It's part <laughs> of the joke, and it's uh, about uh, women working at uh, essentially uh, Hooters, and it's very very sweet and very very charming and um, and very strongly um, uh, feminist in a. In a blue collar, straightforward way. Is it a documentary or no, film film? It's a okay. film film. Okay, and it's very very good. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I, I I totally, I definitely, I like uh, I like your turn on the um, on what to do with Brenneman, uh, solution to the Brenneman problem, and I and I'm definitely interested in the uh, uh, Patricia jeans. Arquette version. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a that's an interesting turn. I'm trying to find it's it's like I get it. I totally it's like the it. soup yeah. has the wrong like there's a spice right. missing. There's something wrong with yeah, it. It's right. the casting of her. Right. And, right. and, and the clothing. And now, yeah, I, you could have cast her because she's I as like a figure. The clothing too. But if you put her in her tighter jeans and made her a little bit more shabby, but with expensive clothing, like, where did right. I put my keys and cigarettes? A little. Right. And then, but with smart, with a sense, he can, he, that I, when he leans over, he's like. Right. right. But I also Even, think. To, to uh, make it obvious that his connection is, she could be meet is not the same, very deep. Yeah, but the, she could still be. Um, like, oh, I'm sorry I looked. I'm sorry. You know, that right. was rude of me. Right. She could be that. But imagine, uh, you know, somebody dressed like Patricia Arquette with a figure. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I There's be, something a little bit you. more. You, you would lo- buy that right. thing and right. then why he was attracted to her right. to change. Yeah. But I, you're I, shut I, off because it's like it doesn't work. You know who another one would have been good? I, I, was she dating Michael Mann when that was good? <laughs> something, <laughs> something, something, something a little bit, um, uh, you know uh, – where the characters don't like he's attracted her for some odd reason like like something that they they should normally be together but they are together another character would have been great is and i think she's only been like in a couple of movies Mm -hmm. but she was fantastic in this movie was uh do you remember mystery men oh yeah yeah i like that movie right Right. do you remember the the female hero who has worked at the diner yes vaguely i don't remember she's very good oh yeah She's. I've seen that movie many I'll have times. To look that up. I don't I've know seen the Mystery Men. Right. She is really good in this right. mo- in that movie, and she's got a weird edginess to her character, right? right? And she's very attractive too, right. which also helps. But that was a relationship. The relationship between her and Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. who obviously should not necessarily be together, right? Right. Because she's way smarter than he is right. in some way, but she's like feels a soft spot for him right right but if th- there's a there's a there's a juxtaposition in those two characters right. right right and that's done in a comedic way right but if there is something like that for for de niro for de niro yeah, like because that i i'm i think that was something that really bothered me was that relationship uh, listen right. and i even buy 
I, I'm actually more forgiving of Pacino's car- relationship with his w- wife. I'm I'm fascinated by that relationship. That's a really interesting relationship to me because I but, actually I know like, I, like, uh, I do not. You sense the I attractiveness not, between the attractiveness. Yeah, I, 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 I know I why them. they're together. I buy. For the, sure. I buy. And their, she's a really interesting person. I buy their but relationship. It is a jagged, unpleasant experience. I yes. buy. Them. I buy their relationship yeah. completely. Yeah. I just didn't. Like here's the test. If you saw in that scene where you know all the couples of uh, you know are going out the Chinese right, right. Uh, for at least uh, De Niro's crew. Right. If you had a dancing sequence and you saw Pacino dance with his wife, third uh-huh. wife, if you had seen him with Amy Brennan, and Brennan, 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 yeah, it would be awkward. It you would saw be totally, d- totally dancing. You'd be like, oh. yeah, absolutely. See, yeah, I guess that's what I want to say is like everything you guys are describing. It, I understand why you don't like it, but I believe that's on purpose, and that's why I love it. So like, it's hard for me to say it. I'm just like, I like that she is a, a like a weird, lonely, and slightly unlikable I don't, character. I like that like, too. I like, I like that he's that. I get he's, it, but she has a, no sexual he, energy. She has no. Exa- I completely agree with you on all this she stuff. Is, but is, I, but if, uh, to me, like if you make her more attractive in any way, it either makes him less shallow or no, her more strong. No, you got to make that, her a, that fu- makes a, it a smart fuck up. Yeah, no big, but like and she's like, not quite yeah, a, that smart. She and is, she's not quite a fuck up. She she is projecting onto De Niro. Uh, like she's okay with going with him because she has nothing inside at all anymore. She's that. But lonely. you don't sense that. I though. did. I, I, no, I'm saying that I did not. I did not sense that. Yes, I did not. I understand. It. I completely understand. I did but not. Like, sense you actually anything. got that sense at the diner. Mm-hmm. When she was looking over this book and that right. conversation, but did then guys, by the time they went home, it was gone. Did you guys like the Chinese restaurant scene? I, lo- I love yeah. there's that and the mirror scene with the cops. They both yeah. have, they have almost back to back. The a mirror beautiful scene. because okay. you got a sense of the crew like, and all the, with, uh, the wives. With, what's his name from Silence of the Lambs? Who is one of my favorite characters? He's so good. He's so fucking great. Um, what's his name? Ted Levine. He Ted Levine. When great. he's telling the story about like he's just like I knew this guy named and he's like you don't even get to hear the whole story. But you're and like, he is from Silence of the Lambs. He is oh, such so a good actor. He's he still alive. He's still alive. Very active. He was he a died. monk from no 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 no. He's still alive. He's dead. He's who what? Ted Levine did not die. Everybody. Ted Levine is still amazing he was on monk he was very successful on monk um with tony shalhoub uh but ted levine was originally cast as wangro uh but uh he turned it down and asked to play uh bosco because he had already done silence of the lambs and he had, he's like i can't fucking play too what's many inter- what's, what's <laughs> so, interesting is that they I, are I, very similar looking Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the yeah, thing that's yeah. interesting. The same, Who's the Wayne Grow guy? The only the thing that was uh, interesting. I don't to me, know. He actually went to jail after Heat. Going and go, was called Wayne Grow in jail. No, what, yes. went to, for what? I don't. I don't know. I just happened to see it on the trivia. He page. died I, when I no, saw. When I saw like, uh, him, he killed Ted Levine, and kept, Ted Levine killed him. When I saw, like, like I said, <laughs> there's, there's been 24 years between my two screenings uh, of Heat. Mm-hmm. When I saw the Chinese restaurant scene, I probably really thought it was amazing when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And if I continued to see it every year like you guys have, I probably would have felt the same way. But when I saw it this last time, it made me long for the Goodfellows scene where it's the similar thing where they come oh, back right, from the heist, right, right, right? Right, right? Somehow the Goodfellows scene 
felt. Oh, that's a that's a totally different scene. Same. Very yeah. different. Yeah, that's a totally different deal because like Very different. Goodfellas is all about like actually knowing those characters. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, in right. Heat, like it's just there to show Robert De Niro is outside of this experience. Right. Like he's like here is everyone because like, you don't even get to hear t- complete dialogue. No, like, no, yeah. Like it doesn't even make any it's sense. Just like, it might have been just, just like, impressions. Wah, 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 exactly. wah, 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 wah. And you just see that he is not in in on this. Like he is like he's trying to he's trying to hang out. He's there, but it's like the, he is completely. He's there, separate. but he's not part right. of the group. He's alienated from his, his, from his own crew. And yeah. whereas everyone in his crew has more or less got some sort of balance going on, you know, like or uh, they have something outside of yeah. Like I mean, like uh, what's his name? Tom Sizemore and his wife, like like. He fucking loves his wife. He's buying her jewelry and just like hanging. And like obviously, like they love each other. It's like she knows he's a criminal and like everything's great. Yeah, it's like totally, totally uh, real relationships all over the place. And De Niro's just looking at this, going, "I don't even understand what this." So is. So he goes into a non-real relationship. Yeah, like, he doesn't know what it is. That's what. It, it, that's I'm, exactly what I mean. Because like he doesn't. He all he knows is that he's that's missing a, something. Yeah, I know. But the way how comical she is or two-dimensional. It's it's I think why it takes you out is because everybody is so believable and their intentions are so believable and the detail is so believable, but then she's not. I I, I, I hear you. And I don't believe that's intentional. <laughs> I, I believe I, I, I think just, what we should do he, is we should all uh like within a day of it, it's you know if it was day, intentional her you, costume you, would be better you should go you, <laughs> I, you. I will go to Hennessy and Engels and see if they have uh, ask someone at the uh, and say do you have any books on the stress fracture of Titanic yeah, and, is and then you do the same thing the next day and then go to a diner I don't think Broadway uh, Broadway Deli is not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was good food too. We'll yeah. have to go to Langers. It'll be Langers. Like, it's like, like actually a place, Kate if there's no, there's a place where you can get Kate like scra- was good. scrambled eggs or a lobster. You could get anything there. Like they had everything. They, so he'd actually destroyed a couple of restaurants because Kate Manalini is no longer there. Right? I bo- drove bo- Baja. I drove by it today coming back from my therapist and it was closed. Yeah, it's And gone. it's been it's four out. or five years yeah. empty on that yeah. corner. So the other thing that's, that's interesting that is that they, they played – and I appreciate this because, you know – now that I lived in L.A. Because when I saw this, it was in 95. I never lived in L.A. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it. But now I get back. So, like, Hennessy and Engels is literally around the corner from 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 Broadway Deli. Yeah, he tends to no, be it's very – next door. It was too yeah. – two, the entrance was like – Broadway Deli was on that corner yeah, on the fourth. It's like and a block. you go t- – no, you go in two stores. Yeah, I know. Right. I, so so it's it's literally next door. Yeah. Right? I used and, to do the bookstore and then eat there with Nancy right. when we first started dating. A, a hundred – that I kind of appreciate because those. Well, that's Michael Mann all over, man. His, like the way he represents L.A. is probably the most accurate of any filmmaker. And the scene where Pacino uh, goes to the club to talk to, um, uh, you know. Oh, Michael Gerito. Yeah, yeah. That's K-Town. not Michael. far from where I live. Yeah, it's yeah, I know. I know exactly where that is. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, off, it's between Miracle Mile and K Town. His name is Michael like yeah, Gerito. Michael Gerito. Michael Gerito. <laughs> it's the best. This is like Whatever serious. happened to Tone Loke, dude? He rocks it in that scene. Tone Loke is great in that scene. I love him in that. Thing. Who's the, his brother? Uh, oh, the guy. The guy who sets him up. 
I don't know. I've definitely seen an actor around, but I'm not sure who he is. Have some, you know, what is it? Have some thim- sympathy, sympathy brother. It's a substance use problem. Another line that would have been better if also Pacino had done. That's coke. right. Just saying it's out now, there. all Michael that over the top shit would have yep. been bought. Yep. It's editorial. Yep. Just saying. Just, that's my one. My one critique on this movie is the cocaine. Uh, but uh, who but yes. was the DP on this? That is Dante Spinotti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's uh, yes. it very, very. I mean, like uh, that's a very, it's a unique looking movie, and I mean, at the time, an extremely daring looking movie. Yes, like a real, real breakthrough. Really good. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and that is honestly, that's, I mean, it's a DP dream, mm-hmm. right? To do heists and all that stuff, and to have it that is camera so moving, clean and beautiful, and like it's rectilinear really? and shiny and. Chrome. I am undeniably no. fantastic. Yeah, uh, and and. Even in its dating, oh, it's, it's like it's of its time, it's and it's glorious. Of its time, yeah. and it's glorious, and yeah. would stand today. Yeah, absolutely. As I mean, like it looks, it looks like a mid '90s movie, only great. <laughs> like, right. like it has all the elements of mid '90s photography, old, but it looks amazing. There's, <laughs> honestly speaking, the, the the thing that really had me like date it a little bit felt a little mm-hmm. '90s because. Uh-huh. Was uh, Pacino's wife's hairstyle? Yes, very much so. That's yeah. the one was I, like I that I sharp like, bob, that razor bob. I love yeah. that haircut, yeah. the phone, I, yeah. yeah, and the pagers. I, I love, I like, I love the whole. The, the world of Heat is so amazingly drawn, and it's like it's such a vision of LA that I that had never been put on film before. It's like because it's not just a unique look to LA; it's also a really broad and and. Uh, and geographically accurate vision of LA, like you get like this the the sense of the expanse and all the different cultures that are abutting uh, one to the next. It's just like it's incredible. The movie's incredible. It's one of the most geographically one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen. When you see like that that shitty rundown drive-in when the, it goes to pick up the money, like to uh, you know to Kate Mandolini's to the the downtown bank robbery, the Santa Monica restaurants, the like, drive-in, everything. The drive-in like it had flashbacks of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the drive-in. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's just that beautiful. was a beautiful scene. Oh, dude. Yeah. Which one? The drive-in in Coenga or whatever? Uh, it's, uh, uh, for La Cienega? For, uh, that heat, drive-in is or, in or Culver heat. City. Heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah that that was, is it really in Culver City? It by Jefferson. Culver City. Yeah, it's gone now, but it's... Uh, it was it by was Jefferson, there. right? Yeah. yeah. I remember that when I first moved here, I, I was turning... I got lost a lot when I first moved here. and right. Trying to do the Thomas guy thing. And I got a lot of speeds. I almost lost my license. Um that's nice coming down off of Je- like rolling down the yeah, hill off of Jefferson. And down I the- literally yeah, went by that drive. and I was like, because I moved here in 97. I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's from heat. Yeah, it's yeah, like I had to no pull doubt. over. I was no, going to have a exactly, heart attack. You and I are thinking of exactly the same way. You know what's yeah, funny? The one, of the, one of the moments. Like, it's just a like, lot when I saw it. But it's just I had similar things, but one of the ones that always like I, I get excited and yeah. it's stupid uh, is I go up the hill here, which is only like a mile from here, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, up Baldwin Hills, and you see all the the gas refinery, yeah, all the like, oil oil, uh, oil pumps and stuff, yeah. And that's from uh, uh, Beverly Hill Cop Two, <laughs> the red amazing. soil. Yeah, yeah I remember the red soil in his yeah. sneakers. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yes, it's like that's that from stuff. Beverly Hills Cop Two. I got into the best car chase in Grand Theft Auto Five up there. Really? Incredible. Yeah, I flipped. I stole a cop car, and I had like twelve cops chasing me in a helicopter. And I flipped and I crashed into an oil well and exploded and died. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that place. I'd go back there anytime. <laughs> you know, it was actually really funny. So we had uh, uh, we had a couple guys uh, from Bulgaria that mm-hmm. came by. Uh, there were some some of our artists and, and creative people, and they basically had um, 
they they had a week to hang out in L.A. and work with us and do some creative work. And so I picked them up at the airport, mm-hmm. and I was driving with them, and they were like eyes wide open, like totally excited, and it was like, I know all this stuff. And I was like, really? How the fuck do you know all of like these streets? And it's like. I've been playing so much Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Absolutely. So to them, they, it was like they were playing the video game, just yeah. driving around. But they're from Bulgaria. They've never been to L.A. You know, it's, like, but to them, it was like Grand Theft Auto like it's in amazing. real life. Like, uh, Grand I'm Theft just Auto driving in my great job. It's like it's a one-tenth scale L.A. They pick all the right landmarks. You're like, oh, my God, it's the fucking Beverly Mall. Totally psychic the entire time. It was really funny. It's pretty great to be able to drive from the Beverly Mall to the Santa Monica appear in three minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good drive yeah but man oh man yeah that game because sometimes stunning. it takes me like you know yeah, a little 45 <laughs> minutes for, to go from culver city to, to, to santa monica yeah and it's, it's only good. five miles yeah. away it, it is it's, it's depressing when you look at the actual miles i know it's five it's like, miles away and yeah, 4.8 like, or something. someone told me it's like i think i could take a bird faster you could literally yeah like i there, there's a time i was i rode my bike for those who don't know a bird is these uh electric scooters yes. that you can rent that i pretty uh, cheaply. that i uh, had a massive accident on and what? i have a yeah i have a scar on my face now and i had to pay three thousand dollars to get my uh, wrist and my face fixed that's uh, pretty great thanks when? bird <laughs> when was this so about six months ago five months ago yep you can, you can the glasses hide it but there's a, there's a scar right here I had to have my, my face glued back together. I drove one of those things for like 40 feet, hit a pothole, and let it right in my face and almost broke my hand. Wow. Sprain, sprained my hand and had I to wear a thing. I didn't notice that when we were doing a podcast. I, uh, I, I tried to hide it. I was wearing the, the big black glasses I was wearing and the, and the, and the, and the, and the cast. <laughs> did he have a cast in one of those? No. no. I did, I, All of this is a lie. No, I did have a um, – The cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. <laughs> No, I, I did have a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, uh, a wrist uh, support. I do so remember that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But man, oh man, I, um, because I didn't have health insurance, it was really fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll, well, that'll well, get you. Welcome to America. That's <laughs> a good deal. It's depressing. Good times. Anyway, a non-political conversation continues yeah, it with it is heat. depressing. My wife just had surgery like two weeks ago. It was like- Oh, how'd it go? Go okay? Yeah? Yeah? Good. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Oh, look. Yeah. It's surgery. It was surgery. Yeah, surgery. But yes. Actually, it was makeup surgery because this high-end doctor made a mistake. So she went Oh, back. right. Like, oh, yeah. So like, oh, we-, we I told we you guys fuck- that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Makeup uh. surgery. Sorry. <laughs> it was comped because oh they, they fucked up, but yeah, still. Yeah, so. It's like sorry reshoots. Yeah, reshoots. Yeah, a little reshoot. <laughs> a little yeah. reshoots. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's terrible. Sorry, Nancy. Uh, okay, so I think we should talk about as uh, we we hear you on you guys. Absolutely, we've enough. actually covered quite a bit, and we've gotten in depth onto this sure. situation. How many minutes has it been? Actually, I was going to ask you that because this is this has been one of the most concise. It's tight. Can I say one fifty four? Ooh, you're you're pretty, pretty good. Close, yeah. You're yeah. pretty what good. What is it? One fifty. Right on the money, dude. Wow. Hey, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Huh. that's impressive. Yep. yep. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, really? it's you know, but I, I'm impressed. Like, like we've actually been very concise and on topic. Yeah, not sure. like us. Oh, did you see the change? Sorry, so, hey, on I, topic. Anyway, once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> no, 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 no. I forgot to ask you guys. If you no, no, it. go ahead. It was Eric. ADD. I just had a, a little synapse thing. Uh, go for it. We're uh, already there. Go. I changed the website. Did you see the sliding things? I haven't looked at the website. No, I didn't know that. No. Oh, dang. Okay. Well, well first sorry. of all, I mean, I would uh, list. Eric 
Eric works on the website and changes things constantly all the time. Like at 1130 at night because I can't and sleep. And he just has fun and I love it. Because so I watch I, ballers in the background, <laughs> God bless. which is great. Because what I love about it is like every time I go to the website, it's it's different. Can so you go online there? I I, I can, but, but you I'm don't not, not going to screw up the recording. I want to make sure I keep it clean. But I would recommend anyone like if you go to the website, just keep going back because there's sliders. There's all it this. changes. So it there's changes pictures. All the time. If you see in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you see the shot, and then when you slide it. Oh, you can slide I, back and forth. Oh, I can cool. Your nice. Oh, so you have a before and after. Eric's uh, excellent artwork. And yes. I suppose, like, this is also a good time, as we're pausing, to say that you can write us and <laughs> such. All the stuff that we normally do at the header. Right. So if you would like to contact us and talk about Heat, and specifically everything about um, Amy Brenman. By the way, our, our, Twitter, <laughs> our Twitter is out of control. Oh, the, I've, been, I've been trying to tweet. What? I've been trying to tweet yeah. a lot. I'm trying to tweet out. We are. Because are- I follow our Twitter and I was like, holy shit. I mean, uh, I should note that our Twitter is mostly handled by Dan, which is fine because he engages the audience. How very many well. followers on Twitter? I don't know how many followers, but I know that it's, it's a lot of, re- yeah. lot of reply. Yeah. Like what? Like a People lot of say smart-ass responses? Or? Yeah, just talking about movies in general. Cool. Yeah, a lot of great chit-chat. Um, yeah, the, uh, a lot of chit-chat. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there, there's a couple of uh, couple of fellas that uh, uh, engage virtually every day, which is uh, super uh, fun. Multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. Like this Perfect. is literally like a chat between, you know, uh, well, what's his name is on there all the time. Who's on the on the podcast? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken, Ken Stachnik. Ken's rocking Ken. it. Yeah. Uh, rocking it solid as usual. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to pull up the tweet storms. The oh, tweet storms. And, and you know, we should talk about, uh, um, yeah, shout out to JTR7, who, uh, that's who, yeah, JTR7's on there yeah, all the time. All the time. And, uh, yeah, we have a, a lot of back and forth with, uh, JTR and, uh, Colin McLaughlin and, uh, and, yeah, a few uh, other fellows that have been, uh, fantastic. But, uh, yes, Ken Stachnick at, who's, uh, now going by Ken Livet Scotch, which is pretty great. Has been boosting us at every possible turn. He's so been very, really very great excited. supporter, and I really appreciate that. I'm going to go to our chartables because there's something interesting uh, in chartables uh, about. So uh, I don't know if you got. I mean, this is like sort of inside podcasting uh, news, but basically, what's happened is Apple. Uh, there's no longer iTunes, mm-hmm. right? So iTunes is literally officially like dead, 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 dead now, mm-hmm. right? So now it's called Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts yeah. And then like music is different, Apple Music or whatever, but it's Apple Podcasts is a thing and they've sort of separated all of that world. So iTunes is kind of like gone by the wayside. But when they did that, they also sort of decided to completely restructure their categories because mm-hmm. the categories were outdated as well. Or weren't working under the, the new models of what podcasts have become. Because podcasts, since they've come out, have changed drastically. There's so many more podcasts, right? right? right. Tons and tons of podcasts. So we recategorize our podcasts um, to be uh, uh, in their new categories. And it actually works pretty well for us uh, because it, it, it's much more to the point, and which is uh, we are under – uh, film reviews now as a category. No, hmm. yes, yes, yes. Right? That makes more so. sure. appropriate right. sense. As such, we are actually doing uh, very well under film reviews. Uh, although it's a new category, technically, uh, we do – hold on a second. Why don't I look it up? Uh, charts. So, um, for example, we are 
well, okay, we're number twenty nine in Norway for film yeah, reviews. Norway. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. We love uh, you, right? And then we are we are we are in. We've been in the top two hundred for the United States for film reviews. Nice, yes, right. Uh, one sixty for Great Britain, and this changes constantly. Sure, so sure, don't, sure. Uh, yep. The but but it's like okay, so this is good. This is good to understand that that idea uh, of, of where our podcast is. In terms yeah, things of that. been things been looking up. And, yeah, uh, it's where it's it's been, it, it's been interesting to sort of like follow that statistically. Not I, honestly speaking, and we've discussed this before. I actually don't really care. No, I'm just I'm happy that it's getting out there. It's because cool. It's cool that people are listening. I We're really, like really doing do this more fun. than Super I fun. care about how well it's doing. Yeah, but and the, I mean, the, and the enormous paychecks are pretty great. Yeah, really changed my life. Well, you guys saw that article <laughs> I sent about like yeah. if you expect to make a bunch of money from podcasting. Yeah, you might want to go into uh, do some something other else, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because really, what it comes down to is like, okay, we're doing this, and that's fine, and maybe that can turn into something else or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The fact is, I'm doing this because I like hanging out with you guys. And I want to talk about movies, right? I, I'm in almost total agreement with this, right? So <laughs> this is this is fine. Which then then brings me up to the other point. Uh, I I was in Malta. I was at THU, and I, I met a bunch of people that saw our podcast, and they were like, "I like that podcast. I like your other podcast you do too, called Martini Giant." So there's a lot of people who there who were appreciated. But let's also throw to your other podcast, which is. CG Garage. Yes, that's right. And uh, uh, that mainly uh, focuses on the visual effects industry and has interviews with people such Actually, as... Actually, visual effects and uh, architecture and mm-hmm. games and a bunch of stuff. But it's mainly, it's more mainly interview-based yes. as opposed to ranty-based. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, so we're interview-based and CG Garage is ranty-based. The other way around. <laughs> I'm kidding. Something like this. Other other way around. But what's also cool about it is that one of the other people that I was hanging out with in Malta that he and I became really good friends is Neil Huxley. Oh yeah, Neil. Super right? awesome dude. Great director. Super yeah. awesome guy, right? Yeah. And uh his podcast came out on CG Garage, so you guys should go check that out. Yeah. He but is something else. He Very is a man. character. Yeah. He super is a cool. Super character. Cool. So he, you know, grew up in South London, and you listen to him, and he sounds like he grew up in South London. Yeah, He's right got on. a very yeah. strong South London yeah. accent. His dad was a art restorer and did all the frames at the Tate Museum. Mm. Nice. Right? Nice. So as a kid, he used to hang out the Tate. Yeah. Neil did. He was picking up sergeant paintings and hanging them oh around with God. his dad. So Yikes. he was like crazy. And at night, his dad was a bouncer at a nightclub. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Those two things added up to Neil Huxley. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's amazing. That makes perfect sense. Doesn't it make yep. sense? Yep. It's so he sense. listened to Martini Giant. And he yep. goes, I can't wait to be on Martini Giant. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, now, super excited. Also interesting is that Neil said, it's like, oh, but, you know, I don't. Drinking, so he says, "I stopped drinking." I was like, "Why did you, you know, why did you stop drinking?" He's like, "I drank enough for five lifetimes, so yeah. I decided I'm going to stop." <laughs> I feel drinking. you, Neil. Same. Right. He's done. So he, he he's 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 given up alcohol. He's given up meat. He's vegan. Nice. All that stuff, yeah, right? Which is which. When you see his, gri- I, I I I he and I became pretty close during DHU, and he's mm. a very grizzled character, right? Absolutely. But I I I, I nicknamed him the meringue. 
Mm-hmm. And he goes, why hit meringue? He says, because you're hard on the outside, but soft and chewy on oh, the inside. that's very sweet. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> nice yeah. Yeah, it would be great to have him on. Oh, my God. So yeah. he has a specific film that he wants to talk about, which is a British film uh, uh, about a relationship with uh, two two guys who are brothers. Mm-hmm. And because he's very close with his brother, and this is a very important thing to him, oh, okay, it was an interesting great. thing. I, I I wanted to do a couple of things. I was like, "What do you think about doing something?" You know, Guy Ritchie's like, "Fuck Guy Ritchie." How about like, Mona Lisa? <laughs> and, 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 and Mona Lisa surprise or Mona Lisa? Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa with Bob no. Hoskins. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking about that. One. The other one I was thinking about doing is with Nail and I. Because oh I, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. But he's like, I love that film. But yeah. no, he has a very specific one he wants to talk about, which I thought was awesome. Like the, uh, the Bob Hoskins one I would go with is uh, the Long Good Friday. That mm. is a fucking powerhouse of a movie. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean which one yeah. thrown off on. So the anyway, but also there are a lot of people who've actually expressed interest on being on to the point now where we're actually going to have too much, uh, 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 too many episodes in the bank because we're only <laughs> releasing them every two weeks. Right. And and basically, if I get all the ones that everyone wants to be on, because I know that Nicole wants to be on, and mm-hmm. that's great. She yep. wants to talk about Zodiac. Awesome. Uh, oh, Sally, God, I talk I about that, man. That's a good. One. Yeah, Sally. Sally was thinking about being on again, Excellent. and I think Cat was wants to be on again. And there's a whole bunch of a lot of suggestions that are awesome. great awesome. to the point where like we should probably start doing some bonus episodes just to purge some of the yeah sure great. some of the stuff. So great, great, great. which means more work on my side, which I'm totally cool with. But uh, uh, because I got to, you know, release the episodes um, and well, you have got to do more work also, Eric, to get all the images out. But Eric, honestly, you're so prolific at your creating of those images. I know. It's like 20 <sighs> per. It's amazing. It is honestly one of my – I don't respond enough to let you know, but one of my pleasures is when I get an email from Eric. is like, here's a bunch of images I created for Yeah, I put Pound. a show on – I watch like a show in the background. I'll sit on the couch and just and, just Photoshop us. Ch- channel, you know, churn them out in like an hour. Oh, they're great. They're, they're so good. Great. Basically, Love like the Eric- Lenny one where you're arresting. <laughs> yes, the, uh, the the Caravaggio. It's beautiful. <laughs> the Caravaggio. Yeah. yeah, Lenny was really good. Did you yeah, see the no, one where you're behind her? Oh and, yeah, it's great. The I Lenny like when you say. Yeah. Drink, talk, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's pretty good. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty that's good. A, Lenny, which I think will be Lenny and uh, a good time was the the, the, yes. the combo we did yep. there. Uh, Lenny was amazing. What was really funny that Eric basically took the still frames of that movie, beautiful black and us, white film, beautiful black and white, put us in it beautifully. But then change the subtitles <laughs> <It's wicked laughs> to make them appropriate yeah. to what we're it's saying. Very, very funny. Which is even f- like Martini you, Martini Giant, yeah. folks. Yeah. Can't live with them. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. Am yeah. I right? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That's us, a- us at the strip club watching, ogling that over worked. her. Yeah. That's fucking good. But I thought the one of, of you arresting him was good. That's oh, my yeah. favorite one. It looks like a Caravaggio. One. Yeah. That was great. That was so, good business. When I was in Malta, you saw the Caravaggio. I did. So I was in. You Mal- saw the Caravaggio. The ca- several things, yes. right? So uh, I was with Ian Spriggs, right? Who Ian Spriggs and I have now become very close friends, which mm-hmm. is interesting because he and I have only seen each other face to face a handful of times because he lives in Vancouver, I live in Los Angeles, and we see each other at like THU. Does he work at the visual effects business? Yes, and I'll get into that in a second. But uh, he also does these great portraits, as you guys yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and he does yeah, stunning, amazing. stunning. 
And work. most of his reason why his portraits look as good as they do is because he's a huge study of uh, of art history and portraiture, right? Mm-hmm. So Rembrandt, Caravaggio specifically yep. are some of his big influences. Yep. Very different artists, etc. But what was really interesting is that Caravaggio, uh, like other great artists, you know, sort of Polanski or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was a horrible person. Oh, Caravaggio is a bad yeah. person. Yeah, he yeah. murdered someone. Yeah, he's, he's bad news. Yeah, he's a real bad person. <laughs> he got murdered yeah. on a beach yeah. in Yeah, Naples. he is yeah. murdered There's a someone. good book on his, uh, it, on his life. So the, he, the Lost Panic? He, he is uh, – It's called The um, the Gilded Gutter uh, – um, I'll look it up. It's uh, – Killed the guy. I read it about twenty years ago. It yeah, was really good. He is a fascinating. What was dude, the one you said? The Lost Painting. I think that's what it's called. It's by the guy who wrote um, uh, Civil Action. It's really. It was very good. It's mm-hmm. a non nonfiction. So he escaped to Malta. Yeah. 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 That's right. right. That's right. So. So he's in Malta, right? right? And then so there's several Caravaggio paintings at the cathedral in Malta, mm-hmm. uh, and then we went to Naples. He died in Naples. Yeah, he probably yeah, but we went to the uh, to Medina. Yeah, and uh, we went to the dungeons of Medina, and there was like a, a Caravaggio in the dungeons of Medina. It was like, oh God, dude, that's so insane. we went. This, like, uh, Ian and I were like all talking about. And it's a, a bunch trippy. Of, I, I worked there like twenty five years ago. Yeah, you were telling us about that yeah, in Malta. It, it was it it's was a, a, it's a weird country. Weird country, and they were filming White Squall when I was there. What well, that is really weird. I just met. Okay. First of all, this is I like have a, all this stuff from. How I I made a com a white squall comment just at, earlier today. Why would white squall come up twice in the same day? I have when no one on, remembers by that my film computer <laughs> is a sign that says Jeff Bridges because I went into the boat right and I nicked all the stuff that was bridges. on his um, uh, you know he had a chart desk in the yeah, boat right and I grabbed all stuff. I have it at home on my wall. I I uh, yeah yeah that's. That's it was a, a boat that flipped in a huge thing, and it yeah. can go sh- flip oh, in a so circle. Great. Yeah, it's so good. And they had jet engines on a wall, like a huge. The thing storm of, sequences. Well, that's the thing is because they movie. they were so loud. Yeah, like they were towers, huge towers yeah. yep. on this tank, and they were like seven twenty seven engines, and they go three three three, and it would take like ten minutes to spin up, and all of a sudden, at full force, it was like blowing. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, like a jet engine. It, it was yeah. crazy loud. It, it shows up. These in huge that, towers that were like like bolted. It's, in. it's a pretty good movie, but that sequence is stunning. Like, yeah, it's really amazing. That's a it's a Ridley Scott movie. It's basically Dead Poet Society Redux on the sea. Uh, <laughs> like Mediterranean was, Studios. When I was talking about it earlier today, I referred to it as Poets to Society, <laughs> but nobody nobody got the gag, and I was like, oh well, I'm just going to throw it on the radio then. Okay. Uh, but Dead Poets, Dead Poets uh, style movie, Ridley Scott, but definitely see it for the titular White Squall sequence. It's fucking amazing. Great, great work. That's the tank. That is unbelievable. And Nate, the crew that worked on that, and the one I was art directing. Oh, uh, got had just finished uh, Cutthroat Island, and you could not. Everybody it was pretty much what a douchebag Randy Arnold was. It was like, <laughs> right, right, right. oh, they hated him, yeah, 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 yeah. because he just ran him to, into the ground. Just, the thing, is, just like give people an idea of how freaking small Malta is, right? I was in Valletta, so Valletta yeah. is the like the capital, 
but it's this, it's just a part of it. So there's lots of little cities around Valletta. So if you can look at it, it's like the Valletta metropolitan area. But Valletta is like the small medieval town. Right. We were on one end of Valletta where we all decided to meet. This is after THU was over and we're just going to go to Medina. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, where should we meet? It's like, well, this, let's just meet at the conference center, which is on the, on the tip of Valletta, right? Right, right? At which point we decided we need to walk literally to the other end of the, the city which takes us 15 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> to walk casually. Right. Right. right? Yeah. We get to the other, stroll. St- other stroll. end of the city walking 15 minutes right. to get on a bus, right? The bus costs you two euros to get to Medina. Mm-hmm. And Valletta is on the coast. Medina is in the middle of the island. Right. Takes you 25 minutes to get there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so literally to go from one end of the country to the other end of the country on a bus, including all the stops, right? probably take you about an hour, 45 minutes. No, that's incredible. Crazy. That's incredible. I see. Uh, this is the – because – It's a teeny country. Dude. I, would, I mean I was amazed when like you can – how fast you can get, get across the like, – get across England. Like that's – that's uh, Malta would be totally shocking to me because like yeah. I was you – know, I've spent most of my life in America, which is known for its width in right. many ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, we're here? Oh. I guess that's the width of that country. Strange. Yep. So, uh, so the Liechtensteinian vision of uh, small size countries really mesmerizes me. I actually would like to overlay Malta on Los Angeles because, like, my mom has no idea of geography. This is right. the thing that always cracks me up. She's like, she she thought when we we had our wedding and we lived in Houston at the time we had our wedding there, mm-hmm. and she you know had she lives in the Northeast. So to her, all these states are teeny. And she's like, oh, well, you know, there's going to be people from out of town that are going to be coming to visit in, in, in Houston. So we should give them some ideas of day trips they can do. Right. Like maybe they want to go to another city and just explore that for a day. And I was like, another oh, what city? <laughs> and I said, okay, this is like Albuquerque. It's like, uh, just for a day. <laughs> from Houston to Albuquerque? Because she has no, it's like, but it's in the next state. I was like, it's 14 hours away. This is not, this is not Connecticut. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like Houston to Albuquerque yeah. is the same distance as Houston to Chicago. Yes. <laughs> it's a, yeah, 14 hour drive. Notably large. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very far away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She had no concept. And so when she basically, I like trying to explain to her how big Los Angeles is, she didn't quite get it. And then I started, I took a picture, like I sent her like Google Maps. And I put Connecticut over the greater Los Angeles area and realized it's the same size. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, all of Los Angeles is the size of the state of Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. It's weird coming from that part of the world. Yeah. 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 It's very strange. Like, I mean, because I, mean, I grew up in Cape Cod and right. lived in Boston. And like going back to Boston, like I love Boston. Boston is like of my favorite places on right. the face of the earth. But I had been living here for many years before I really spent time back there. And I was shocked at how small it was. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. You're there so fast. Yeah, it's like, bink. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole right. thing. That's a beautiful city, Boston. Oh, Boston's one of the best cities. Going from Burbank to Culver City takes me an hour and 15 yeah. minutes. I, I, like I travel, <laughs> it takes me two and a half hours to get to work in the morning. Yes. Yeah, it's it's. Ep- it's I know because I drive you home sometimes, and that's a that's a quick drive because it, we we drive at midnight. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and free and easy. Yeah. around that time, yeah, it's like but a it's, still, it's still yeah. fucking far. Yeah, it's a long ass way. I live uh, uh, just past past two two towns past Pasadena, which even to people in LA, everyone goes. There's towns what? past Pasadena. <laughs> What's the name of the town? Not quite to Riverside though. Yeah, we, like, what's the uh, town you live in? In, in Duarte. 
and Duarte, and which is past uh, Monrovia and I don't know, like Mars, Arcadia, something like Arcadia. What's the? And, uh, okay, there was another town there. Yeah, it's it, really nice uh, little country. That's uh, uh, a beautiful part of uh, our area. Oh, it's our, a yeah. it's a nice area. Arcadia, Arcadia is actually really nice. Yeah, and downtown mm-hmm. Monrovia is like really cute. Arcadia is nice, known yeah. for it's ex- Sierra Madre is probably what you're thinking. Arcadia is known for no, its extremely uh, extremely cow pasture uh, 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 high caliber uh, schools. Yes, that's true. That's very true, and yeah. that's because it's mostly Asian Americans. Yeah, no, it's and it's Chinese, it is yeah. really really good. It's Hardcore very, very good. Asian Americans, very big serious. big Chinese population yep. over there. Yep, uh, and uh, very yeah. yeah. But it's it's a wonderful wonderful area of town. It's just like it's once you get past Pasadena, nobody nobody in LA cares whatsoever. Like you're just you may as well be in you know Tennessee. It's, yeah, uh, it's that far out. But it is uh, it's quite lovely. It's right by the base of the hills, and and I hop on the train and. Good hiking around there, actually. Beautiful hiking. Excellent. Well, there's a waterfall right nearby us. I know. I oh, love I know waterfalls. That waterfall. yeah. It's really, really nice. There's actually many waterfalls. The, the Angeles Forest is really... That's the one. I yeah, they're all it's Angeles Forest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's, it's Angeles cliche, Forest is a great place for waterfalls and dumping bodies. It's true. There's sometimes <laughs> both. <laughs> in, the, in the waterfalls, <laughs> yeah. Right. A lot, a lot of, uh, lot of um, uh, you know, mob killings yeah, have not? been dropped off in the Angeles Forest. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's convenient, you know. And, um, it's no, vast. It's vast. It's vast. <laughs> just for and all our just, mob listeners. Yeah. In case, in case you want to, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe Let, we suggest the mountain lions will get rid of that that evidence. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. No. There's there was a mountain lion. There was a mountain lion that sadly died. Right. That, two uh, of them. Two of them. Did two of them die? So there's been okay. So just recently, the mountain the mountain lion story is an interesting one. In mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I'm sorry. We're we're actually no still related to Los Angeles and heat. Yeah, we're all, still in this, Michael Mann land. Still Michael okay. Mann land. Celebrate. So LA. what's interesting is mountain lions. Uh, uh, are are very territorial, right? Mm-hmm. And they require they have their territory that's very big, and right? they will kill the fuck out of anything that is infringing on their territory. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and they're and so uh, what's happened is inside of Los Angeles because the city has expanded so much, there are these pockets of uh, mountains that are uh, you know they've got houses up on the edge of them, and then. Uh, and then there's a mountain that is you can't build on anymore, right. and so it becomes this little island, literally an island in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's happened is that these uh, mountain lions somehow have crossed freeways and cities and found oh, these islands and said, "Now this is my this is it this I'm is my place, the right? best view in town." And usually those uh, for in terms of territory size, they're actually pretty small for one island, and th- it it seems. Massive, but the property one, value is extraordinary. For it seems, ma- yes, it seems massive for to the fact that there's only one mountain lion mm-hmm. on this. But for a mountain lion, that's like that's that's pretty tiny. It's pretty yeah. small. Yeah. So small one is Griffith Park. Yep. So yep. there's a mountain lion in Griffith Park. I don't know if that one's still alive or not. But I, I know that. Yeah. What was that one or the one that's near? There's you? A one, at, one at my house, which was P41. Now right. he he died. I believe yeah, it was, they, it was a male. Died, yeah. right. uh, and what was really sad about the way that that one died because there was a lot of fires there as you guys remember mm-hmm. survived the fires because they found the bodies like oh it must have died from the fire right. rat poison it, uh, rat poisoning well no uh, two new really? ones i just saw in the news the two new ones died that's so the rat reason, poison and the and it's not the the because the mountain lion ate the rats that had the that poison had the poison uh, that stinks so that's why they're like don't like rat poisoning yeah. is kills the animals that yeah. eat 
destroy the rats. The, yeah, exactly. Everything's connected. It's all connected. Yeah, yeah, that's a drag. That's a drag. But they do. They, they, the, what's really cool is that the ecology guys are re- tracking these mountain lions and they track all of them. They put radio collars on them. They right. check, look Hence after the name them. P41. Right? P41, yeah. right? Because right. it stands for Puma. Puma yep. 41. Right. So they, they track all these guys. And you can look at them online, right? Can't you just sort of like – There's some of them you can look up online and yeah, yeah. check them out online. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's really interesting, these whole – there's a lot of ecosystems that they track in, in Los Angeles. The other one is the Western Fence, Fence Wizard. Uh, Western, Western Fence wizards? Lizard. This is amazing. Western <laughs> Fence Lizard, uh, which we have a ton of in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And a really good article that was interesting, and I read it on The Verge, it's like – why did the Western fence lizard cross the road? <laughs> uh, uh, their DNA tells us that they don't. Oh. Which was interesting. Huh. Fact is that like they stay within their block. Their zone. Yeah. And that's their, their, the DNA between one fence lizard and the one across the road different. is different. Uh, yeah. They just – they keep themselves. They, yeah. And no, do, but don't they build like uh, basically animal highways for under highways or over highways? The, well, for, for bigger animals. For but bigger fence animals. lizards, there's, there's like tons of them. There's a zillion of them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean you guys were hanging in my house and you said, that's there. a big yeah. fucking yeah. lizard. Yeah. 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 It's fence lizard. <laughs> it's a fence wizard. There's fence – are these <laughs> fence lizards? Are they black? <laughs> There's okay, so there's the the two main lizards that we have in our in our in my area are fence lizards, which there's like literally thousands of them, and they can get pretty big. And when I mean big, they're like a foot. No, maybe about eight inches. Yep. Right. Uh, and those and they get a little chubby, mm-hmm. and they're sometimes called blue bellies because the males, if you lift them up, their bellies are blue, yeah. and they tend to do their little push up thing. Oh, I love that's my favorite thing. About that's lizards, what we ha- we have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. There's something on the wall, and he lives in one of our C-shaped tiles. Yeah. Fast push-ups. And, I've seen him, little and push-ups. he's probably like Sterile. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total. Yeah. And then the other kind that we have, which are bigger, more aggressive, and they can they can get up to like two feet long, is the uh, alligator lizards. <laughs> okay. They would right? go after That's less exciting. <laughs> yeah. So those things ha- are a long body with short legs, but a big and they're they're with a big head, but they don't have like a, they they look basically like a snake with feet. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, and they move like they zigzag like a snake when they walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. When we were got to our house and we're hanging out, like I can actually, I've actually caught fence lizards and picked them up. Like mm-hmm. Brady and I have this whole technique we do, mm-hmm. uh, but don't try to catch an alligator an lizard. Al- I, I, it's in the name that would make me avoid it. Yeah, they'll bite. Yeah, not not a good idea. Big also, little, yeah. little teeth, little. Yeah, they basically they look really cool, and it seems like whoa, that's really cool looking. But like they'll bite. Yeah, yeah, and their teeth are like little diamond. Yeah, well, just like a snake, they'll bite. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. don't do this with um, mountain lions. No, it's very does really doesn't go well. Yeah, even even the tiny ones. We have we have we, we well. I think there's a new mountain lion that appeared, but it hasn't been tagged, so no one knows what it is in our in the Verdugo Hills in Burbank. Right. But we also have uh, we have a lot of uh, um, bobcats too. Yes. Yeah. Right. Which those are more common. Yeah. And cool looking. And cool looking. Bobcats cool are cool looking. looking. At, uh, but yeah, you get to they, yeah. they come down in the neighborhood. They'll yeah. they'll they'll walk around and it, coyotes, tons oh, yeah. and tons and well, tons. Of you coyotes. can you can see in another Michael Mann movie, Collateral, uh, coyotes come down and wander the streets. Like yeah, like you see this all the Dude, time. I don't know why it was, but I was driving down 
uh, Hollywood Boulevard very early in the morning. It must have been four or five o'clock in the morning, and I saw fucking coyote yeah. I saw coyotes wandering down place. Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. Oh, yeah. No, I saw coyotes on your place. Oh, all the time. Oh, I, dude, all I the saw time. When house. I left your house one night, yeah. there was a coyote in the road. Yeah, yeah. I saw all I, the time. I was, I was waiting at a bus stop in, I ran uh, in past South Korea town. And I go like, yeah, like, move along. <laughs> like a, a, a coyote came within about maybe 50 feet of me at a bus stop in South Korea town. I was like, "Holy shit!" It was the that is in the night. middle. Of, that like, is that the middle, that's the city. That is that is the city. That means that basically that coyote came probably about seven miles out of its from, way, from yeah. out of its way yeah. in the middle of the town. And it was just living there eating trash or whatever it was doing. But yeah. I was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, Karen said yeah. she was she was uh, she was dropped the kids off of out of school, and it was a busy you know parents. Kids dropping school, et cetera, et cetera. And she was driving down the road. There was tons of people around. And it was like a small, empty lot somehow. Mm-hmm. And she saw a coyote that had obviously just caught and killed something and <laughs> oh, was man. tearing the shit out of this yeah, animal. Scary looking. Yeah, scary Cat, yeah, yeah, cat sure. or dog yeah. or raccoon or whatever they caught. Yep. Yep. And and it was like, oh my god! You know, this guy was like, "Yep, that's my meal. I'm just getting one last in before yeah. the sun hits." You Do know? not fuck with me. I'm going to finish this thing. Yeah, be on my way. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, there's lots of wildlife in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a is a it's an interesting place. An interesting place. An interesting yeah. place. Very well represented in our movie of the night. Yeah. <laughs> no coyotes. <laughs> no coyotes and heat. The coyote reference is actually too collateral. Uh, where uh uh. uh uh, Jamie Foxx or Tom Cruise? He is a, a kind yeah. of ranked. Did you state. like Collateral? I uh, I I didn't love it the first time I saw it. I've actually seen it many many more times, and I like it more and more each time. Like that's a. Uh, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why it didn't work for me completely the first time. Now it works for me really well. But it's it's maybe maybe top. It's in maybe the top five four for me uh, with man. Um, I'm a big fan of. I'm one of the sole big fans of his later stuff. Um, which is like um, Public Enemies and Black Hat and Miami Enemies, Vice. Yes. Yeah, like I love, I love the Miami movies. Vice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, Miami, both of those movies, Black Hat and and uh, and Miami Vice, have really started to develop a a following now. And what was really weird is I heard on a different podcast with uh, much younger hosts uh, that they they didn't the these guys had not seen any what the of what they considered considered to be early Michael Mann, which is like the Heat and uh, the Insider. And I was like, oh, like their entire exposure to Michael Mann because they saw Miami Vice and loved it. And they knew all that stuff. And I was like, that's entirely backwards from my experience. They got to see Thief and then the Miami Vice television show. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I mean, like, where did Michael Mann start? What was his start? His, uh, he started in TV. He did, uh, he was a writer uh, for TV, I think. And he he directed a TV movie called uh, The Jericho Mile, which is really good. Uh, Prison movie. And um, and then he uh, directed his first movie was Thief with James Caan, and to like come out of the gate that good is yeah. eighty two eighty three unbelievable. Like that's one of the best. Jimmy Caan. Oh, it's great. Like that is just I a great like that movie. movie a lot. And in a lot of ways, I used like, to rock out with Jimmy Caan over at Gold's Gym. Jimmy Caan. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Jimmy. Caan. I told you about the like he had a boxing class that he would do. Oh, right? that's right. You did tell me about that. that's <laughs> fucking great. Jimmy Caan. Can you James imagine? Caan. Getting dude. a boxing class was led by Jimmy Conn. That dude is still – and he, by the way, tweets all the fucking time. That guy's yeah. a tweeter. He tweets like crazy. He was uh, – he's almost exactly my dad's age. 
That yeah, I, he's and he was in fucking shape. Now yeah. this was a while ago, like when I when he was doing the boxing class. I believe but, he is, still but he in was shape. in his seventies yeah. at that time when yeah. he was still doing boxing classes. He's wow. an, he is an impressive, impressive man in, yeah. in every in every way. But uh, Thiefy's amazing, Tuesday Weld. Uh, but like for that to be a first movie is sort of like sort of legendary because that holds up with any of his later work, one hundred percent. And uh, and I almost thought like Heat feels sort of like a sequel to that like mm-hmm. like it's like he renamed yeah. um the, the the james con character to be uh yeah to be de niro's he also character. did manhunter and then he did Ma- then well then he did my uh, advice well then he did the keep which is his only not good movie but it's still a really fascinating movie a horror movie um uh a supernatural horror movie which doesn't make any sense and features the worst acting i have ever seen from a great actor in, uh, with Ian McKellen. Mm. Uh, Ian McKellen plays a very old man who, with terrible makeup to make him look old who becomes who's made to be young by this magical force. And uh, it's, it's, ve- it's a very bad movie that doesn't make any sense. But it is a really beautiful movie that's super, super weird. And I really encourage people to see it anyway. After that, he does uh, starts up Miami Vice, produces that, does the, directs the first episode, I think, that's right, right. pilot. Um, and then he does... Uh, uh, Manhunter, which is an ap- uh, adaptation of Red Dragon. Oh, oh, the first Manhunter, yeah, right? Uh, which is a good movie. Very good. Actually, I really liked Manhunter. It was interesting because I saw Manhunter after I saw uh, 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 Science of Lambs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, it, it, it's it's good. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good, scary good movie. Weird movie. It's not as you know what? Okay, you know what I liked about it mm-hmm. is specifically because it was a little bit more subtle, right? Yeah, it's much less like I, Silence of the Lambs is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's a very good, but movie. it is a very it's a very theatrical movie. Like yeah. meaning like it's like a it's like a staging. Okay, movie, you know? so this comes back to my other argument right. about Heat, right? Mm-hmm. Like I almost <laughs> I almost wish that like Heat was is more like, in the Manhunter realm. Si- no. I wish like so heat was a little bit silence of the lambs which I right. I enjoy, both right. things I enjoy mm-hmm. but I part of me longed for it to be a little bit more like grounded grounded yeah, no, like you. manhunter was right, right? right. because uh 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 you know, Hannibal Lecter in manhunter is fucking scary yeah. but he's not like I am Hannibal Lecter right you yeah, know it's, I mean? it's not a showy yeah. performance it's not a show it's like in fact oh, it's, it's played by Brian Cox yeah. oh, right that's right yeah. and uh, who is now famous on what's the show on HBO uh, Succession yeah right um, and he's always great also great in Zodiac uh, right hilarious in hello Zodiac, Zodiac. <laughs> so what did these Toddy for everybody? Toddy? Hello, Zodiac. Can I call you Joe? (laughs) You're obviously a man feeling repressed. Oh, my God. You're here live. Hi, Joe. God, I... I, Zodiac. <laughs> Hi, Zodiac. Would you like me to talk to him for you? <laughs> oh, God. Brian part. Cox kills in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I totally see it because like Manhunter is a very is a is a real down and dirty movie. Like that's yeah. like a, a much more real, reality based, yeah. uh, gritty, harsh like film. Yeah, and uh, and Heat is is extremely elevated. And very. And isn't it the guy from Live and Die in L.A.? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. From, yeah, I'm just wondering why what's going on with me specifically, why somehow like those I am sort of become against the overacting. The like, La La Landness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the I, theatricality of I become kind of a little bit like anti 
Meryl Streep De performance. Performance. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, like I mean, it's, I feel, it's, a, it's a style. It's a style. And if you're not vibing on this vibing on the style, I mean, it's not working. Yeah, it's just it's just the characters are less alive. I think this is true across the board for everybody nowadays, and uh, because we've we've gotten into a zone where like realism is. Like that that's the most valued style of like um, maybe it's an acting style that's yeah, happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like realism is people are very much invested in realism. And you see like theatricality, you see a lot of theatricality, for instance, in the Marvel movies, but like even then it's uh it's all played with ironic realism. Like so it's all kinda jokey. Like they're making fun of the theatricality constantly in those movies. Right. You know, and it's got like calling attention to how silly the plot is or calling attention to like oh so i guess you're just a god that blah 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 and always bringing it back down to earth because i think that uh people feel self-conscious when things get as elevated as they do in older movies right uh which is why people like i and like the most extra i I not only do i love this stuff like i love old star trek right and i don't love old star trek ironically like i don't love it because it's kitschy i love it because it's awesome yes and 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 it's, but you could say the same thing like i 100 percent agree because it fits in the style yeah right? it, but it is it's and, very and, much and, in a style and also yeah. because it's of the era right yeah. so right. like singing in the rain yeah it's super theatrical you, and it's it, of you, a period you, you in which could this not fits do well. that today if right. you did it would feel contrived right well the things I mean like you like well you, i don't think you could do it today because i don't think you have the 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 dance style like the well, technique the, skill, the skills you the don't skill have a set Kelly to, to, to the skill set to do that because a lot of the actors yeah. were trained in dancing I know and but they you, tried to do it La La Land but you don't yeah. have the, the the nuance is gone yeah. it's kind yeah. of like jazz in many you know it's yeah, like there's yeah. well, a lot jazz, of th- jazz been terrible since the sixties. Yeah, it, I a, grew up on Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, man. It oh was yeah, weird, yeah. You know? well, the thing, but this—I mean—we talk about this all the time. It's just like there's like I it's weird. The reason why I love that stuff, like if that were to come out today, yeah. and it was exactly the same as it was, like exactly the same visually, everything, and it just happened to come out today, I would love it today. I just don't expect a lot of people would love it today. It, like people love it in the context of it being old because it allows them it like they don't feel self conscious. In looking at it in an older context, okay. and it's what is that? I, I look about it like like cars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll I'll look at a, an old T bird and go, "That's awesome," right? Right? But when they decide to do a new T bird and just try to ape the style, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, well, it also yeah, well, that's that, feels dis- on, that's, that feels disingenuous, is what it feels because like. it's like it's like a nostalgia. It's like you like the T bird, oh, we'll bring it back. It's like, and then it's like, ugh. yeah, well, like this is like, that's the very delicate thing with this stuff is like they like the design of the T bird is fantastic, right? It's it's right. great design. It is still great design today, but in order to do it that well today, you have to somehow advance this already great design and people aren't willing to do and that. my my other issue is one of the reasons i left architecture is, is that basically what people still do it's like i would like a house designed like it's an edwardian house right. it's like but it's why would you design an edwardian house why don't you just fucking buy an edwardian house right, right. because i want it to be modern right but then that's not Edwardian. Like it does. Like it doesn't make any sense, like, right? Like, like right. Medi- I want a Mediterranean house. Like then go to the fucking Mediterranean and right. buy a house in Italy, right? Like, but it's like with, with movies, right? I mean, like because we talked about this when we talked about La La Land right. on the other podcast. The um, uh, that like I 
I think a, there's a there's a cult of people. And I'm sorry to say cult, but it's true that like old movies because they are old, and I think that's dumb. Like I just think it's define what old is meaning like meaning like say they they like movies from the 40s, be, and because they are old movies and they have no sense of they don't discern between good or bad movies from the 40s they just like it because they, they just they like look the, at it as a style yeah, because they look at no they look at it as like nostalgia they, like, it's something it's something that they can wear as like i appreciate old movies oh Whereas right I'm just like it's some like of these movies who, are shitty like people who go to the museum and just right. talked about art and they don't really know what the fuck they're talking right. about like if you or like they don't it, really like it if they're you just like saying the thing, they like it like yeah. it because you like it I would right. like it because it looks good on you, right? You know, and like I, mean, I like the reason why I, it's like I mean I watch if I watch movies on Criterion, you know, old movie or whatever it is. Like if I like it, it's because it's fucking cool and it's good. It's not because like uh, it's like you know, there's plenty of shitty Joseph Cotton movies also. Like right. I don't watch them. I mean, like, even movies like uh, you know, like uh, was it uh, Journey into Fear? It's pretty good. Like he's good. It's pretty good. It's kind of eh, Doris Day you know. films. <laughs> like, but it's like it's it's cool enough. But I mean, if I'm going to make the choice between Journey into Fear and uh, Third Man, it's going to be Third Man because Third Man's a great fucking movie, right? You know, and having the ability to uh, to be honest, not, it has nothing to do with like the level of your appreciation. It's just being honest with yourself over whether or not you're actually enjoying. Basically, something. you're saying if someone's going to say. You know what's a better movie, Heat or Third Man? They're going to say Third Man because it's an old. Because movie. it's old, right? right. Exactly, and yeah. I think that's a bad. Idea. If you like Third Man better, then you like Third Man better. If you like Heat better, then you like Heat better. Right. That's okay. Yeah. You know, or if you don't like Heat or whatever it is, I know exactly what you're saying. But it's like the but you know like 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 things because you honestly like them, and I think yeah. that like it's 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 difficult in modern movies like in which realism as a style, especially of acting, right, of performance, like realism is so is confused with reality what's the scene well that's like the the marvel stuff though yeah but what's were you gonna you talk sorry i was gonna say something and you're you're gonna totally love this the 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 scene from hannah and her sisters i don't like this Uh (laughs) i'm out (laughs) hannah and her sisters Uh when she's like trying to flirt with a guy uh-huh. And she's talking about art. Oh yeah, 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 yeah so right, great. Right, right, right. Such a, and she's like, oh, what the fuck does like say that to the whole? Th- I forgot what the the quote is. Diane Weist, yeah, so great. She's yeah. like so trying to make that, that quote, and she's trying to impress him with yeah. her knowledge of art. It's the same thing. Yeah, she's right? doing exactly. blow at the Fucking, club. Yeah, there's nothing that offends me more than than, pe- pe- than people acting like that. Like right. that's like the, it's very easy to tell whether you like something or not. You don't like something because it makes you look. Yeah, but good people like want to fit in, and I people want to want to want to. They want to sound intellectual, intellectual yeah, because so, they want to fit in and and stuff. I was thinking like because uh, I am not an intellectual. I'll tell you that right away. You're not a nice like, person. <laughs> I think you're a smart person, but just yeah. not a good person. Well, and like I will, I will fight. For, <laughs> that's not a negative. Chris. I will that's fight not for, a negative. Like, don't I take think it the that wrong way. Like like having like. Attacking something intellectually and having an intellectual discussion about something is great, right? Because it's fun and it's nifty and it's a great way to uh, to, to sort of dig into something that's totally awesome, right? Well, I I'll, I'll put it this way. Let's let's go back to heat for a second. Like mm-hmm. I had all kinds of problems with heat and I couldn't quite figure it out because I didn't want to have an intellectual analytical brain about it. Right. I just knew emotionally. Yeah, this is, which is the key, right? And this is the thing. I mean, I'm not gonna like I'm never gonna fight somebody on like. Whether or not, oh, like, you fuck Chris oh, once. I, I did. Oh, I did. But <laughs> no, but like, like everything, everything that everything that you feel about a movie to me is totally valid. Like anything. Is it? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't valid on Hollywood. No, no. Like it's, it is. <laughs> I, like I always want to get to 
like what you actually what act, people actually feel about something is what they feel about. It. Oh yeah, it's kind of like I find like stuff. There are scenes in Heat, like the end. It's like very stylized, um, immersive, yeah. and I love that kind of. Oh man, vibe. That, that I, I watched the ending again today on my phone, and I still cried. Like I'm just like that. Just gets me, dude. Everything about like the build on that entire ending is perfect. I didn't cry. I didn't. Cry. I, I, didn't cry. I did not cry watching time. Heat every time. Every uh, time. There, there are, there are, you know, there are times when I cry every time. Mm-hmm. This one did not make me cry. Well, I it, like this really is a, got into it. Uh, honestly speaking, to me, what was important are are the things that Actually, isn't a lot of people like the, the car chase the yeah. bank heist the, the those are all a plus yeah, all, all the stuff. show that the weird thing about this one on on this viewing for me uh, because you had to think about it differently right because you knew you had to talk about it today no oh okay no no no, no that's not <laughs> and no i hate you no no no, no, no. <laughs> what for me the reaction i had actually was that when I saw that shootout, it was so realistic. And everyone loves that shootout on the street after the bank heist, the, mm-hmm. the big one. And I just thought it was really, it was, it was, I felt bad for the people in the parking lot. I was like, it's so violent. And I started thinking about our culture. Oh, yeah, sure. And it, there's a, you know, you look at it, it's cool and it's a shots and wow, right. it's so immersive. And this time I was like, oh my God, that is somebody's father. Oh, yeah, it's, this is, I think it's terrific because like, like Michael Mann could have made that clean, right? Like nobody in the background is in danger. Nobody else gets shot, right? Like there are people, there's oh, regular that, people the women in getting lot killed, get knocked off. Yeah. And it was really, I had a reaction to that. And maybe I'm just getting old. I'm, you know, 38, but I just. Well, also. Things have changed since '95, right? This happens more commonly. Well, or we I, know about it more commonly. I think that, like, I think that Michael Mann is very much of the like. He, I don't think he, his mindset is not. His mindset is exactly the same today as it was then, which is like getting into giant gunfights is horrifyingly dangerous for everybody, and it's a bad idea, right? right? Um, but back in '95, what the what the context was in '95 is movies like Demolition Man were totally acceptable and fun. And so you would watch a movie. There's like, no, there's no consequences. There's no consequences. Right, right. right. Whereas like heat is very aware of its consequences. Yes. You know? Which I think. And is, now we're just very sensitive to what it's. And now we're seeing to. it actually happening yeah. in real life a lot right. more. Right. Uh, another weird thing about it, having watched it again, is I remember when I first saw that movie, I was like, this thing is going on forever. This is an amazing long shot. Mm. Somehow it seemed like half the length when I saw it this time. Which shot? The whole thing. Oh, the entire movie. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. not the, the entire movie. The, oh, the, the, oh, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the shootout. The, the from beginning of the right, bank right. to the end of the shootout till they go to the doctor, right? right? right. That sequence like, was like when I saw it in theaters. I think it's like 12 minutes long or something like that. Right. Yeah. But it seemed – when I first saw it, it seemed like 45 minutes. Right. And right. when I saw it this time, it seemed like 12 minutes long. Right. Like I think, I think that it definitely feels like – I mean it's so – like I, what I love about that sequence is that it's so it's not just well staged. It also instructs the audience as to what is happening all the right. time. So it's like watching a football game. Yes. Like you know you know the geography of what is happening. You can see what they're trying to do. Like everything. So you're constantly in the moment of trying to accomplish it's something. Also the best part of that that scene for me was when he opens it up. 
the key, how you, that unique key, which was round. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he pulls out of the bag the duffel bags, and he flips the money in, turns it around, and then he cuts the plastic on the money and shake it to it yeah. settles. Yeah. And then yeah. he feels the weight of the duffel bag. And right. I was like, and when Sizemore walks out, and you're like, God, that is going to be That's heavy as shit. Heavy, dude. That's like carrying a and person that on your is back. like so real. Yeah. That was like that detail it did, it sticks did, with it me. It did feel like a f- really heavy thing. Yeah. And that there's also another de- and maybe I'm obsessing over details, but when they go into the bank and then there's the bank manager to the left was a secretary and she had a stack of post-its and I was like that stack of post-its was just so <laughs> yeah. neatly stacked you yeah, know what I'm right. saying I was like that is the detail yeah it's I mean like and it was Michael pink Mann. and then yellow and then yeah. like green Michael and then Mann back to pink so, again like he sends people to classes to that's make not sure obsessing over like, small stupid stuff like, you know, he, like Michael Mann obsesses over this stuff so it's totally appropriate yeah for you I to heard obsess. I heard in the movie Collateral he was testing out the taxis yeah, yeah, yeah. color of the paint and he had it like repainted six times. Yeah, easily. Because on every film test, you're like, oh, well, you can't read the taxi. He so he tried all these different color combinations, repaint the whole car. Yeah. No, about that. Literally, like somebody made out like a banshee in the car painting oh, business, dude, yeah. but they literally repainted the prop car. Well, he does things like he sends Jada Pinkett Smith uh, in collateral. He sent her to like, uh, go like she she had like pretend parents that people that acted like just to go and just so she had a character life outside of the movie and like like he'll go to send he'll send people to training camps for three weeks to make sure they can change clips yeah, correctly it's not his money yeah it's he's I, if if you have the money do it like yeah. you're spending it the right way because like one of my favorite moments in the in that in that uh, gunfight is when you see Kilmer. Is it's, it's oh. so fucking amazing because like you can see that like the, the only the one coming like to the, oh. oh dude it's great like wait when when he shoots like he doesn't even blink no like I, he sees I, the cops I, cross I the street actually, he sees they have a gun and he shoots them immediately <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely like thirty three frames where it's like. Walking across the street, smiling, stop smiling, right, start he's shooting. Like, he's like, yeah. yeah, it's so pro. And then it's up, and it's like, oh, it's like thirty-three frames. Yeah. You're stupid, and no, you're like, no, whoa, you, you barely. And it's no, it's rock and roll time, baby. I mean, like, like he literally, literally is like, you literally only see you see from his point of view for about eight frames, and it's just enough to see there is a person with a rifle. Yeah, by a bus goes by. Yeah, exactly. And the black, the the white and red cab, and and he he immediately pops him. Immediately, that it was so beautiful. And he he also great and beautiful of an actor he was. And I saw him recently in an interview. He's had a tough. Oh, it's heartbreaking, man. Have you heard of an interview with him recently? No. He's had a hard time, dude. Yeah, he Val had, Kilner. Yeah, he is well, his, pretty much his last. No, not his last great thing. It's, like it's, he did, what's the one where he played the 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 meth guy? Uh, salt, salt, salt and Sea. sea. Salt Love and Salt and Sea. Yeah, yeah, I have that great. on disc. No, he tries on this now. He's got a box. Yeah, because of what cancer or whatever. His tongue just, and his throat. Yeah. So he has a box now, and he talks now. Yeah. It's it's heartbreaking. You can go on YouTube. He has an interview and he talks about his life, his kids to come, and a lot of. Some famous friends, but he's a missing portion of his face right. for sure because yeah. he wears a, a scarf a lot. He's, and he and his throat is missing or his yeah, vocal some, cord. He like lost that. his yeah. vocal cord. He is he is definitely like, you can definitely to- see you now. can't recognize he him. He is 
It's he, he heartbreaking because he smokes so much. He uh, he is clearly one of the great actors. He is clearly one of the great actors of, this time, just of all time. Like you just see, him, like he's only in a few roles, and especially in Heat, and especially in the scene when he leaves Ashley Judd, like when when she gives him the wave, like it's so controlled and so powerful and so simple, and he just delivers all the goods without even saying a word. He, like he absolutely owns owns the whole thing. Like that's that's one of the best scenes when when he has to. Turn away from her is one of the great scenes in movie history for me. Like that is a heartbreaking, heartbreaking sequence. And he has that same level of intensity the whole film. Like he carries that, and he's not the star. He's not. He's a background story, and he just owns it. It's that, just, just that incredible. scene. That scene is. He uh, that scene is very hard to watch. No, oh, it's brutal. Uh, brutal. But just to be a little critical about it. Mm-hmm. He's amazing in it, mm-hmm. and when she gives her little sign, she does a pretty good job. I just wish she was a little bit more. Like if there was like a tear coming out of her oh, eye, I, I, I have to disagree on that because then they would have spotted they her. Known it That's instantly. why she's sitting she's on the couch and she does this. Together. She goes. Yeah, because he asks she her breathes. if she wants some coffee. Something. And you can see that she is just about to fall apart. And he's like, you want some coffee? And she goes, yeah, that'd be great. And she has to say it in this happier, happier register. I, I know what you're wrecked. saying. Oh, my God. I love her in that scene. I hear, I hear what you're saying because the emotion is demanding that, right? Demanding the, it, that, right? It's absolutely, like, absolutely and, that and like, and like, But she is, she has to contain she's, it. She's yeah, going to blow say, it. But, yeah. but, but his reaction. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's perfect. It's amazing. It's he's like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then all of his like, and all, like you can just yeah. see everything that he learned from from De Niro's like in his head is going, I gotta have, I yeah, I have, I have to no walk choice. away. I'm fucked. <laughs> and I, I, like when you know, it's like when a, someone tells you like, this is what's gonna have to happen if this ever happens, yep. and you're like, oh shit, this is that moment. Yep. I didn't expect it to happen now, it. and yeah. now it is. And the things, I mean, earlier in the movie, he is, he is saying like, well, I'll take the fucking blah, 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 and you can just fuck off. And like he right. wants to like, like yeah. play acting like he's going to leave. Right. right? And, now, and, and then come to the end of the movie and like, no, this is actually leaving. This isn't just bullshit fight leaving. Yeah. This is like, you're never going to see your kid again or her ever, ever again. That's right. it. You're going to drive away and that's the end. And it's fucking, it's horrifying. He's the only one that really survives. survives. He's the only one that survives. Everybody else gets killed. And like, and like tracking Kilmer's performance in this thing, like he's so dedicated the entire time from the moment you see him buying shit, uh, buying the demolition equipment in the beginning. No, that's great. When he's clocking the guy to see if he's, like, if there's going to be any problem. Like he's just watching the guy as the guy's looking at his license. And it's just a little bit of an awkward look. It's like, oh, okay, I'm getting away with it. He's chewing gummy stops. Yeah. Oh, it's just incredible. And like and he has my favorite my favorite single action moment in the movie is during the big gunfight when uh they like the only ones like it's Pacino and his crew are coming up from the south. But they're the only ones fighting that direction. Right. But they're the really talented ones. There's the wall of cops they have to punch through. Then you have uh, Kilmer and um, De Niro are call are like they fire at the cops while one runs and then switch off. And so you see them advancing up towards the cops as Kilmer's just hosing the cops down, right? And there's the shot when he's like firing until his clip go just goes and you hear it, like go clean. And he doesn't waste a second. He drops, changes the clip, rises up and fires again. And I was like, 
that looked 100% real. Because he's probably trained like. It was, it's stunning. And I saw this thing where this guy. I like the way he's, like, he's like, the gun goes clean. Oh, it's fucking, it's in LA. Every time I see him, I'm like, that's amazing. And then I was watching a making of, and they're talking about like how they review this, this particular that's combat sequence. That's disc two. I have that still. And the guy goes, the guy goes, uh, he's telling the story. He doesn't he use like, this a frisbee. And he says like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I showed, exactly. I showed this to, I showed this to cadets. Somewhere. I showed this to cadets when we we're training because if you can't fucking change your, uh, change your rifle as fast as this Hollywood actor can, you're out. <laughs> I'm just like, that's amazing. <laughs> it's uh, like, that is one of the most exhilarating sequences I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just insane. And the and second lo- unit stuff, just shooting the cars getting oh, popped, yeah. is like, oh, it's like two weeks of like exploding <laughs> like, windows. Like you must have like, those guys must have been setting squibs for like Ep- three weeks. weeks yeah. <laughs> like that, it's just absolutely everything flying apart. But yeah, like you're seeing like background actors getting killed by friendly fire in that movie. Like, because everyone is shooting everywhere and it's like, it's, it's, it's the one of the, it was the scariest thing I had ever seen in the movie when I first saw it. I was like, this is going to get Yeah. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The good. sound design was beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I'm, the um, sound and the music. Yeah. Like, okay. like the, the mix was fantastic. Yeah. When they used the, they used the uh, actual production sound of the blanks. Uh, right. when they record because they originally I guess that Michael Mann's you know like they're originally going to use as they always do in movies like they're going to replace all that with canned but it fire. echoes to the to the it's buildings it's the echo that does it yeah. yeah it's those building echoes uh, that really send you because it's not a bam it's yeah. a Krang. yeah exactly because it sounds like it's in a canyon of right. it's buildings it's clanging noise yeah, yeah that's yeah. the beautiful sound in uh, in Black it Hat it does sound very different from normal yeah he's he's obsessed echo. with this stuff because like there's a there's a sequence in Black Hat that I really like where they're going through this curved uh, there's a gunfight in a curved concrete um, uh, uh, underground tunnel right and the sound effect the sound in that because you're getting this like the gun the gun goes off super loud and then that one uh, sound echoes but it's also echoing off of a curve and so it gets higher and higher pitched. So the more gunfire there is, it goes and gets really it winds upward. It's really fucking amazing. Like that dude is so focused on these little tiny particulars all the time. And from what I understand it, he has more and more hearing trouble, uh, at, you know, and, 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 you know, in making, in making movies. I'm just like, that must be the most frustrating thing in the world to be like going deaf when the most important thing in your movie is making the sound work correctly. Because like you can't get better than the shit and heat. It's just that's mm. the best sound design I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, but, there's a lot of musicians now go are deaf. Yeah, it's sad. That's like I can't even imagine this stuff. Stephen Stills, I think, is deaf. Yeah, ugh, ugh it's heartbreaking to me. That's like you know, it's like with um, podcasters going deaf too. Podcasters going deaf all around the country. It's true. This uh, is Chris trying to round it up. Yeah, it's true. yeah. Here, I heard the the intake of breath. What? No, you went hmm. like this. That's the. Uh, is that yeah, my sign? Is rounding that my the sign? bend. Oh, wow, you guys have no. Yeah. All right. I, How long is it now? Three. It's almost three hours. Yep. I'm going to ask what are your favorite moments in this movie that, that, are, that are beyond the gunfights, beyond the, like, the, what are the things that you, that you caught that don't stand out as the big things? The scenes that you, I love? Yeah, just the, the little moments, whatever it is, the things that people don't know. The, the moments that I love are when they're at the top of the hill talking about the tea of uh, the 
you have your your T bills and oh, so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. And then I like when the guy with the beard is like, it's just it's in the air. You just, just gotta grabs grab it out with his hand. Yeah, love that. Just gotta grab it. Just gotta and grab John Voight and that wide show. John Voight. I love yeah, John Voight. Voight's great in this. I thing. think John Voight is fantastic. His skin yeah. is great in it. They yeah, did something just like he's skin. got. He they looks like up, a. Yeah. He looks like a like a you know like a grizzly shepherd from new mexico he's you know? so good dude but by uh, the way there is one also scene. i really like the i i really like the douchebag uh uh nervous nervous douchebag uh uh you know uh hedge fund guy hedge fund guy bill yeah, fickner but here's the, the thing we didn't talk about this mm-hmm. but there is like i was talking earlier about i feel like maybe the like pacino was trying to get bigger scenes so mm-hmm. he can seem bigger. Right. That whole dead prostitute scene with the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I was going to talk about that. It was like, for me, it was like, okay, it's like, yes, he's got compassion. And he's like, it was, uh, I, can I make my argument for that scene? Uh, I have an argument here, for it. You, is, I know, you fucking have something. Like, dude, it's my favorite, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's so favorite scenes. contrived. It's, uh, well, this is what happens in that scene for me, right? Is that it? it's a, it's all part of what what Pacino does in every scene he's in is absorb pain. That's what he does. And that's the scene that showcases that to points it out to you. Because the 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 prostitute's mom gets a big hug from him, right? She calms down. And then she gets wound up again and he hugs her again. And he's not and you can see on his face, he's just he's not having an emotional experience. He's just providing the sponge to absorb her pain. And that's what he says to Diane Venora when he's like, you know, like I just absorbed this stuff. I just absorbed. And that all the reason why that's in there is because that's the punchline of the movie in the final scene when he holds De Niro's hand, he's absorbing his pain. And that's why he he's, that is the forgiveness of the movie. And it's like, it's absolutely, absolutely key for me. Yeah. I, I, I could see how the premise of absorbing the pain but I feel like even tying the prostitute in to the Wingro guy mm-hmm. was – it's just – it was a little too convenient for me. It was a little too of a showcase. That he happens to catch this. Yeah. yeah sure. It was yeah. It was a little too showcasey. Right, right. And I feel like some of Pacino's scenes were – like he – maybe he had more of a voice. Like I want to go big on this. Sure. And and the vision for man was, was tighter or right. more ethereal or more like – because the stuff where Pacino's not in – the crew shots mm-hmm. are masterpieces, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden it gets a little different. And I just uh, – for me, I was like, oh, really? You got to spoon feed me this right. when the whole movie is not spoon feeding right. me. Right, right. And I just felt like – and it all centers around big name talent, which maybe on set they're like, I want to I go bigger on this, Michael. And then give me a scene where this – and who knows? But right. the point is it just seemed like – it was forced on me. This and is the, this is the one time I understand the inner thing yeah, and yeah, it absorbs, yeah, yeah. but everything is so tight and layered and right. perfectly stacked, and right. you're just following, and you, and you don't like, leave is, it. Right. All of a sudden, it's like I, th- I, I have I a heart. Like, Give me a hug, like, and it was like TV movie. The way de- he's hugging her and they spin I'm around. I'm with you on this. Eric. It was like, oh my baby, uh, come it. hold my love hand it, on my it. head on my shoulder. It's like okay. Thanks, if, dude. If if he were having an emotional reaction, also I would be with you. But but the reason why, like, he is completely, he is flat. He is flat eyed in that scene. He's just like, I am here to do. This is my job. You know, she's having the big Hollywood scene, and he's just like, I'm just going. No, uh, 
That's he's a, having the big Hollywood. No, scene. yeah, as an actor, but that's but this is what I'm talking about. Is like what you're annoyed by is a meta element of the movie, as opposed to the scene is actually about setting up what his character is about. Yes, but the way the scene is is takes you out because it doesn't feel, feel like it feel doesn't it. feel like it's the part of it the is, way everything else is going. It is like I mean, like it is uh, the the word that comes up a lot with this movie when you hear people review it and talk about it is uh, is opera. Like it's an opera. Like and that's oh, this yeah. is this is definitely what this thing is. is you know, it. it's it's like it, like it's absolutely heightened, giant emotional stuff done in this weird style. And like he, it's weird to put giant emotions in the context of a hyper accurate crime thriller. And that's what makes it to me super interesting. But it's also something he does later with Public Enemies, where it's just like Public Enemies is all about. Um, uh, uh, shooting a nineteenth, a proper nineteen thirties story with modern video cameras, and everyone hated this, right? And like all this wide-angle, handheld, shitty handycam stuff, and everyone's like, "Oh, this movie looks like shit." And blah 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 blah. And then the movie itself is about the transition from film to video, essentially. You know, like this is the like this is what he likes to do is go like, "What's the most inappropriate thing for me to do in this context?" And he doesn't heat. He does it in black hat. He does it in fucking, you know, like this. That's what he really enjoys is like his his experimentation comes from saying, here's the traditional thing. Now I'm going to do the other thing with it. Like Last of the Mohicans and the same, like the way he shoots Last of the Mohicans is against type for that kind of movie. Like the way that he does Black Hat, the way he does all this I stuff. I put him in the category of a director like De Palma. They're related for sure. Yeah. yeah like yeah. there's a De Palma thing where De Palma obsesses over details of things right. and is very kind of film history wink wink right um for those who know yeah yeah super hitchcock super yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's another side where it's like i got to just show emotion or i got to show something that everybody wants right and that's what i think man does is right. we're, we're in a obsessive compulsive world like this is how a thief works right. this whole uh, i'm just going to pull out and let's throw this it's like i was watching heat uh-huh. and then on the old television i flipped up to channel 7 and it was a made-for-TV movie, and I go quickly back into heat, and then right. that was that was it. So and it like, was like he was trying to give because I don't believe him as a person right. or De Palma have uh, now the heart right. or something where uh, the relatability. Now there are directors today. I think Villeneuve, yeah, right? without a doubt, yeah, incredible. He's got this technical, but he also has the real human bond. He's got, and the heart. dude has it all. Like the intellectual, the, the technical, yeah, the emotional, everything. everything. That's it's right. Incredible. And there's no patches. Yep. There's no like, what? It's all part and of the piece. And basically, I feel those scenes are somebody who's obsessive compulsive, but not really good at talking to people, trying to talk to people. Yeah. It sounds like. And so that was like. That's oh, accurate. Okay. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I but accurate. I love the obsessive compulsive. Right. I love the ending where the, we're at the airport. That's genius. Yeah. And it's so I mean, d- involved I mean, it would in be, that. It would be fair to say that your, your perfect version of Heat is Thief. Like if Thief had the the bravura, 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 that word, bravado, bravado, bravado. the bravado of the action the scenes brevity. and the, and, uh, of <laughs> if the, it had the bravia, of, of, of no, that's the, a TV, the bravia, if it had, uh, if it had the bravia, <laughs> if it had the bravia and not a, a visio, bravura if it had the visio, yes, of the but like, like, it, like it, essentially if you had, Thief, no, because here's but the if, thing. if Thief pushed it to like having the the giant sequences, the action sequences, then that would be the perfect version of the Michael Mann film experience for you. 
because it has all the character, but it's played realistically, and it also has yes. All the but stuff. I feel like here's here's the difference. Thief was more of a working class, uh, like heisty thing, right. right? And Heat was very sophisticated, dangerous yeah. people, right? Thing, which is another le- – they're pro. And he points that out early. Yeah, they, they mean, they're a pro. On, yeah, exactly. And it's like that is – They're what, of an entirely different yeah, level. Yeah, and it's right. that was the fascinating thing right. Right. is because you're going to clip out this little concrete and then pull the thing out yeah. and put the wires in and then turn that All thing the off. Details, yeah, and so then good. just those huge – just like the tools where they go in to steal from the titanium place yeah. and he's got the thing on. He's like – So good. We walk now. We, we walk now. But that kind of stuff. And then Sizemore goes up on the telephone yeah. pole. Yeah. Beautiful. So Technical good. and yeah. beautiful and real. Yeah. And um, I really, I really, um, I was actually going to do a shot for it. And I, I have it. And I think I'll just pull an older picture of you. Mm-hmm. But as the cop with a bottle of water who hits the back of the truck and they have to call <laughs> that. So good. Yeah. Oh, man. So I'll just have you. With a like, don't. Don't God. lean back, Dan. That scene is a mag. That's a magnificent scene. That was a great scene. That's a good scene. And also, that was true. This I didn't know that Neil McCauley was a real person. And this movie is based on a, like, is inspired by a real guy named Neil McCauley. Wow. Yeah. And like, and that scene in particular happened. actually happened. Like that's one of the, the real, like that and the, um, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, there's, there's like two major scenes uh, in the movie are straight out now, of real life. Now that really, did, two years later or three years later after the heat. Yeah, it actually happened. It actually happened in, in the valley. No, I mean, yeah, in North Hollywood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it didn't go as well. Like, but it was. The family, excuse me, tried to sue the cops. What? How? I saw the 60 minutes on that. It's because- Don't rob a bank with machine guns. No. <laughs> well, first of all, cops were running into gun stores to get more yeah. ammunition because right. those guys had armor-piercing bullets. Yeah. But what happened was that the last guy to fall, he was shot, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a um, you know Val Kimler shot where it totally didn't take him out just right. yet. So he was on the ground still alive and a cop put his foot on him mm-hmm. and they sealed the area off mm-hmm. and they wouldn't allow ambulances to come in. Yeah, and well. so he bled out and died. And they saying, well, it's on video from the helicopters that, you know, his, the cop's foot was on the guy's back right. and he was dying. Right. They wouldn't let the, th- the, the things in for a half hour. Right. And he died. So right. he died on the street and they said he could have been saved. Well – uh, that's that's for the court to decide. I no, really, they didn't win. Yeah. But the point is, there was a big thing. I was like, "Wow, that's <laughs> gutsy." Yeah, like for I, mean, the I, would, I would sue. You know, like I, yeah, I would say, dude robs a bank with a machine gun. Like that was total him. okay corral. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's craziness. If you look at the real footage of that, they took from heat. Yeah. Well, without a doubt. I mean, like that's like that's the like they're they're looking at that, thinking like, man, if we just had machine guns, then this is gonna it's not gonna work. And they covered themselves with armor, all like the padding yeah, and stuff. Right. Yeah, it's brutal. It's awful. Oh my god! Yeah. They were and they were doing you know casing with the door open in a car. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean these guys were going to do something like this, even if they didn't see heat. But it took on a heat style character. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, the way they bulked up, they probably got an idea from heat. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, well, I think actually the thing that the thing that hurt them was that they put on. I'm not that I'm encouraging anyone to do this, but it's just like that guy, those guys were like racked with armor. Like they had big, it was stuff hard on, to move around. Couldn't do anything, which is, I'm glad because they were stopped. 
but like they, they were they, getting popped in yeah. like the shoulder and the back yeah. and it wasn't taking it down. Yeah. That was really scary. Really, really scary. Go for the head. <laughs> Headshot. Yeah. Boy. But yeah, no, that's, uh, <laughs> the, it is interesting to know that the making of, uh, will show you more stuff. <sighs> <laughs> and the well, it'll, the, you can look up the making of heat on YouTube. It's really fascinating, and uh, and especially the stuff talking about the the real Neil McCauley is it's pretty good. It's pretty good material. There we go. <laughs> sum up. That was a good show. It was an excellent show. Nope. Really appreciate it. Uh, I think you know we're gonna we're gonna bonus up a couple of episodes just to catch up on our on our. We're gonna our, do one next week. Yeah. Do yep. you guys want to do one next week? Let's yeah, keep on rocking. All right. So How I about think we, in we're going to get a guest. We'll get a guest. Yeah. Let's get a guest. Uh, if you really be... want to stock up, I'm going to just throw it down. Chips down. Do Chris. chips? No. Hmm? Hmm. What we're going to do is if we do one Thursday night and then next Tuesday, and then you're you we're set for the next- Dude, we're already set. Yeah. We're already set. I think we stick with Tuesdays. We're still fine. Get a guest. We'll get uh, next couple Tuesdays. I want to get some guests in. That sounds great. Okay, so I think Nicole's one. Neil's another one. There's a couple other people that want to be on. That's fine. We'll get a next couple Tuesdays. What in. movies? Uh, be up to the I just do the art. I just do eyes. I just do so, eyes. I just do eyes. Uh, I think Nicole wants to do Zodiac, mm-hmm. which would be great. Hello, Zodiac. Very excited to. And then uh, and Neil has his own idea as well. So I'll talk to him about what he wants to do and make sure he's available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we'll, we'll just keep going. I'm going to actually start, uh, I'll write it all out. So I'll, I'll get the schedule in and figure it out, but let's, let's figure it out and, and, and get it all in the, in the books. That's awesome. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so is there, to sum up, is there anything else that we're recommending for people that we saw this week or any other, uh, things we want to tag on the end? The, you know, the only thing that we didn't talk about is the Irishman. That came up today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Which is supposed to be great. Yes. And then the movie theaters refused to play it. <laughs> yeah, I know. They had to book uh, Radio City to have it play in New York. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Because the theaters are, are so pissed off about how successful Scorsese is doing something for Netflix that should probably win an Oscar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and gonna be- it's pissing off the theater chains to no end. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. Man, oh, man, what a weird fight this Remember is. Remember Roma? Yeah, that's right. Like that, right. that really pissed them off. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, and like- like they have good ne- movies are no longer in theaters. Nope, you, they are on streaming. Yep, that's right. And and I mean because The Irishman is very definitely like very good. Like it's gotten great reviews. It looks like big old fashioned cinema. Like that's yeah. movies. That's yeah. movies. And it's Netflix. <laughs> yep. That's Netflix, my friend. Yeah, and and Netflix has like I think three or four major movies that are going to be probably up for Best Picture. There's Marriage Story coming out with. Um, yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson uh, by Noah Baumbach. Well, or it may be not qualify. Oh, yeah, they, they may shut it out. Yeah, they may say that. Yeah. yeah they, they, at which point they should make the streamies. and The fuck, streamies, I agree. Fuck the Oscars. Yes. At which point the Oscars will become less relevant because yep. people are just not going to watch those movies. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, like this, especially this year is really interesting because this year, unlike the previous year uh, and years before, this was an 
a great year for movies. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, there's so many good, really good movies. Really good like stuff. Like, in movies in the theaters. Like, just like, these are great movies. And also, like... I was watching Jojo Rabbit's trailer. I was like, oh my god, this movie looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's fucking incredible, right? I mean, you get, and you get uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood hit, like, I don't know, I think it's made like 300 or 400 million dollars now. Yeah. Like, it's gigantic. That's crazy. It's insane. I mean, like, that, like movies hit back super hard. Yeah. And, uh, and... Uh, which is great for us because we get great movies. Mm-hmm. But like at the tail end of the year, Netflix is going is like it's the repost. You know, it's like and now Netflix's turn to come and dominate the awards. And I'm just like, right. holy shit, this is like a knockdown drag out fight that's coming. I'm really right. I'm very excited about it. It's I think what was interesting, the only other thing. I'm sorry, we're. Uh, because I was saying I was going to wrap it up. The only thing that was the, we wrapped up heat. That's it. The, the only job, thing that, that 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 was interesting to me is I remember an interview with. Uh, George Lucas and Spielberg uh-huh. talking about how the movie theater system was basically broken right. and that the great content for movies was going to come from independent places like Netflix. Right. right. And now that it actually is happening, mm-hmm. Spielberg is fighting it. Spielberg is fighting yeah, it. Yeah, isn't that strange? <laughs> isn't that fucking funny? That's, that's because four years ago he was talking about, it was like, you're not going right. to get great films out of movies because it's all going to be franchise yeah, shit. That's right. Is what he was saying. And yeah. now that it's actually happening, he's going, oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I, I really think it's it's definitely, I mean, like, I, uh, I went to go see it once upon a time in Hollywood again uh, this past weekend. And I, like, like it is just fucking fantastic to watch a great movie in a theater like it's just a great experience you know and so like i will i i i think um i think this year proved to me that that will probably always be true and people will always want it and they're going to find a way to have it be true like i don't think movie theaters are going to go away i don't think anything like that i think it's always gonna like i've i've slowly changed my tune on all this and I think that like what you're going to end up having is like Netflix will own theaters and or something like Netflix will own theaters and run things in theaters. Like yeah, that's, that's the old studio model. Like, the, but well, like they want to, they will want to have a pre- like going to the movies is a special thing to do that is more that is a is a better experience than watching the same movie. What if what if Netflix bought a bunch of movie theaters? Yeah, that's what I think. This is what they're talking about because I know because the, I know they paid a bunch of money to the theater to revamp it to make yeah. it a movie theater well I'm, like i heard i don't know if this is true that lemily uh, is uh is selling right and one of the people that they might be selling to is netflix so like they may be you now lemily I mean, this this is total speculation but like lemily theaters may become netflix theaters and like if that's the way it goes as long as i get a movie theater to see movies in that i'm totally happy and what if the, what if they became did you, very affordable did yeah. you tell me that that Amazon or Apple might buy Sony. No. Yeah. Somebody was just talking to me about that, and I was like, what? Might buy Sony? Really? Oh, I, I always thought there. it was Netflix. Right. And I talked about that. Yeah, that makes but, sense that but Apple would buy Sony. So, but somebody literally, I was in a meeting, and they're like, oh, you know. Somebody. You actually said, like, if you go back to several or podcasts. Yeah, I, they're going to buy you Netflix. Said, you said, no way. Apple can't buy Netflix anymore. I did, did, did not going to do what it. What do you think of well, Apple's? Well, but here's the thing about that. I, I, I'm wrong. They're not going to buy Netflix. But Apple has so much money. They're going to buy something with that money. I'm telling you. But the other thing, too, is they don't I've read me- articles on Netflix, and their debt is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, they are having some troubles, for sure. Like, they're it is up so incredible yeah. how much money they're burning through right. that it's like yeah, – There's uh, – 
I understand. I don't want to go another hour yeah. because I know there's a lot of stuff about Netflix and their model. That actually, I'm very, yeah. They, they have to You're very out. positive about or negative? I'm positive about Netflix, but I because that's their business. Right. Netflix is doing all the right choices the, because that's their but business. But their burn rate is a- huge, Apple, though. Yeah, but Apple, Apple, their business is selling hardware. Their, their right? business is, is no, prime. It's branding. No, no, rather, Amazon's business is prime. And Amazon's business and is prime, hardware. And Prime is Netflix just there. Is just, is prime content. is just there to make sure that you continue yeah, buying stuff on, second, on Amazon. It's not. Right. It's less. It's so not, it's, movies it's, are just there to make sure you right. just Apple's Netflix. business is about culture and branding. Yeah, and well, this is the thing. It's, it's like hardware. The the uh, that Apple's. Uh, I've seen some ads for Apple's shows and stuff that they're that they've finally released and well, that they've released the ads for. There. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me. They look super professional, terrible, but bad. Like I don't know what it is. I'm terrible. just like, why? Like I'm, well, I watched like oh, the Jason Momoa thing, you know, with um with the Land of the Blind or whatever it is. I'm like, I'm watching this going. It's called C, right? Uh, that's the, the title yeah. of the show. And everything I watched about it I was like, this feels like a super well rendered cutscene. I don't know what it is. I, like maybe it's just the cut of the trailer. Or whatever. Could it but, like, be it's, because it, I've. Could it be is that they're basically throwing a lot of money at people? Mm-hmm. I've heard through somebody that I've been working with on my show that um, they just give you the money and kind of Listen, let, I let you do it. your own I thing. Love that. Apple, Apple, something had, weird. About Apple it, had the chance to make streaming work for mm-hmm. them because they fucking owned iTunes, right? They right. did iTunes, they did all that stuff. They could have. They could have. They were there at the very beginning. They could have taken over iTunes and said, we'll make our own music, we'll make our own movies, we'll make our own shit. But that was Steve Jobs. Doesn't matter. That They could have done it. They could have dominated that market. They could have – iTunes and Netflix happened around the same time before Netflix started doing streaming, right? right? iTunes said, uh, we're revolutionizing the movie market. Netflix says, we're revolutionizing the DVD rental system. Right. And they did that and they basically Netflix took over, killed Blockbuster, and then eventually it's like, fuck it, we're not even gonna put any media on it. We're gonna make we're gonna put it all online because the internet traffic became fast enough that people could do that. Suddenly, like they took over and then like we'll just make our own content instead of licensing all this shit because it costs a fortune. Because I remember specifically what was it, Mad Men, when they bought the rights to Mad Men, it cost them like like one quarter of their entire budget yeah. just to license Mad Men. Right. Who? Netflix? Netflix, yeah, when it came out. Well, you I, remember when they did um, the Kevin Spacey movie uh, show? Uh, oh, well, House of Cards. I was there. Yes, because I was working. I was working at DD. We were about to start on Oblivion, and we had to do this thing. And I'm like, "No, we're doing this quick job for uh, for Fincher to do this movie. The stuff he's doing for Netflix is like Fincher is doing a Netflix yeah. show. He saw but they it paid. Way early, they man. paid he like." Knew- he $100 million for the rights or something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it was like, what the fuck? And yeah. so we did that inauguration scene for him, and that was one of the Talk things Talk about doing. a visionary dude, man. Yeah. That was such a move. Very smart. Yeah. All right, all right. We really got to wrap it up because we can go on to streaming That's for true. a long time. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, lots of stuff we can discuss on streaming next time. But for people who want to know more about us and continue to follow us, remember that we are very active and would love to follow you on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, Martini Giant underscore Giant? No. No. 
Martini Giant it's on, on at, Twitter. At, it's at, at Martini Giant on at Twitter. Martini Giant on Twitter. Yes, where uh, the, the Instagram is Instagram it? is where we fail. Instagram is Martini underscore Giant right. for our shame. And so it's, Twitter it's, Martini Giant, Instagram shame at shame giant dot shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Martini underscore Giant yes. on Facebook. We are Facebook dot com slash Martini Giant, or just look up at Martini Giant, and you can write us at. Uh, podcast at martinijohn.com. And remember, like I mentioned earlier, go check it out on a, on a weekly basis because it changes all the time because Eric just loves to create stuff on the website. Just go to martinijohn.com. Look at our gallery section there. It is hilarious. It cracks me up every time I go there because something's changed and it's always hilarious. Uh, really good stuff. And that's just basically a good place to go check out our podcast if you'd like to do that as well. And also our podcast is available uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Spotify is another place. But as we mentioned, uh, uh, Apple – Go to uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we would love your reviews of this podcast. Give us a review. Give us a rating. And make sure you share it with all your friends. It's very important to us. All right, guys. Thank you so much. You ready yeah, to do this? Let's do it. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.